Holman, unfortunately, I feel like I have to begin this particular episode of the Truck Show podcast with a warning. Well, maybe it's a good time for me to mention that uh, parents with small children listening uh, might want to be aware that this particular talk is intended for a, a more mature audience. So I ate a two-day-old salad about an hour ago. Wait, wait. There's, is this really a mature audience, <laughs> by the way? <laughs> and why are you telling me about your brown salad? Because the the avocado was brown. The rest of it was Well, greenish. avocado brown doesn't mean anything. It's yeah. the, when, the, when the lettuce gets all brown and wilty, mm-hmm. it just means you won't digest it. The cheese was some strange color. I'm not sure what, what it was, Ooh, but it started horrible. out as cheddar and ended up as like Gouda. I don't know. Ooh, it wasn't Gouda, though, I bet. Uh-huh. It wasn't Gouda. Think of what you did there. So why are we starting the show with your salad? I'm warning you that at some point during this episode, I may have to pause and run to the restroom. Yeah, I'm just getting that uh, out there for everyone to know. If if it's just home for for a little while, it's I'm I'm somewhere else. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, You should start now and I'll just I'll take care of things from here. If you really got the whole show. Sure. Now, well, I've got some audio to play from the mid 400. That's right. You uh, went out. Did you barf? Uh, No, I'm going to save all the mid 400s. Stories All right. for after. Wait, 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 wait. Did any of my advice pan out? All of it. Oh, really? All of it. I think all of it. Oh, all right. Yeah. I actually, uh, you know, you guys, we fight a lot on the show a lot. Like we go back and forth, but Holman has some great advice. He's been there and done that. And so when he says, take ibuprofen, drink lots of water, things uh-huh. like that, I go, Okay, he's been on the race course. By the he way, what's up? That's my advice to you on a regular day too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ibuprofen and drink and lots water. of agua. Yeah, uh-huh. we'll get into that in a moment. Um, and I think that you have some audio as well. Is that correct? I have a little audio, a little bit here of of some stuff. What? It's freaking the audio is embargoed. Embargo. No, we'll just we'll get to it when we get to it. By the way, uh, you were mentioning. Uh, buying a Gym Glow aluminum trailer, uh, I think last episode. Uh, one of the recent episodes, yep. yes. And we've got a, I can't remember if it's a 20 or 30 footer, uh, tilt deck. That's here at Motor Trend? Yeah, that's our uh, one of our shop trailers. And so uh, I had to uh, I had to move a vehicle around. And uh, so my trailer, we have a, a super heavy duty Carson. It's so heavy duty, we had to have it derated so that it would be under the uh, the commercial license here in California. Is it like a flatbed or is it a yeah, car no, hauler? It's a 30-foot flat deck, but you can drive up the whole thing. 30-foot, two, two the, cars. The whole thing is armored. No, one big truck. Okay. One, you like know, we got it for like something. UA stuff and things like that. Okay. So it's super overbuilt. I just went to Carson, got rebuilt, and I'm like, cool, my trailer is, uh, is in working order again. I'm going to go pick it up. And it was buried behind a bunch of project vehicles that don't run, and it was a big headache to get it from facilities. And they're like, "Hey, just take the uh, Jim Glow trailer. It's out. It's out front." And I was like, "Oh, cool, great, super easy to use. God, that thing just tows really nice. It, it was it was a pleasure this to use it. This is the tilt style. This is the tilt style. And this particular trailer, we uh, have the the deck lighting, so it, it's up firing. So if you're loading a uh, vehicle with straps at night, you can see the underbody. Just spent a few days, well, mm-hmm. again, that's more Mint 400 stuff, but they had a similar, it wasn't, uh-huh. it just had up lighting, which yeah. I hadn't experienced before. It's My nice. gosh, yeah. is that helpful. We've got a winch on it. We've got uh, a couple of, oh, now I will tell you the secret to loading a tilt deck trailer like this, because there's L-Track along it, right, where mm-hmm. you have like the movable um, tie downs. And then there's the ones that are Frenched into the actual trailer itself, into mm-hmm. the deck. Yeah. So when we do it, and I remember this from years ago when we got these trailers. Well, I'm glad you're talking about this because I am about to place an order for that Jim Glow trailer. And I'm thinking I'm going between the E-Track and there's another style track that has the slots all the way up. Yeah. Every two inches, yeah. it's got another slot. I like those because they're really freaking strong. Okay, but. What and, you, and they are Frenched in. But what you have to remember is as only use those for the back part of the vehicle. 
if you look where the the box is in the front, mm-hmm. then there's like you know I don't know nine inches of space, and then the tilt deck mm-hmm. in that nine inches of space on our trailer we have tie downs there, just uh, immovable stationary uh, points like big D rings. Yes. Okay. Use those because if you ever have the latching mechanism fail on the tilt deck while you're driving. If you're tied to the front of the trailer, the straps keep the deck from moving. The trick is, it's nice to have all that e-track, but you want to tie off on something that's not on the tilting part of it in case you ever have a, a failure. Gotcha. So, you know, strap to that, and then you can use the e-track or, or whatever style that you use for tie-downs in the back, no I'm problem. I'm going to go overboard. I'm going to do both e-track and the slotted style, whatever that's called. So we, and I, we had, uh, you know, the max axle over straps and all that. It was, it was great. It towed perfectly, but I want to tell you, it was, I towed it with the TRX. And it's the first time I've towed with the TRX, and I, it wasn't a lot of weight. You know, it was probably 3,500, 4,000 pounds, so nothing, nothing crazy. So it was just a vehicle on the back, right? Nothing yeah, more? just a vehicle. The thing about the TRX is it's got, obviously, it got gobs of power. I was a little bit worried that I would have a lot of squat in the back. You see that on the Raptors. And, uh, they've yeah, because got, you don't have airbags or any kind of helpers back no, there, No, right? but there's, uh, there are dual-rate springs in the back. So I had a little bit of sag, but not much at all. So lots of power. The suspension was really good. That thing was as wide as the Jim Glow trailer was. So as long as my fenders fit through, like we have to pull all of our stuff through an alley to get out of our storage facility. And I kept worrying about it because my, my Carson is like, I don't think it's illegal. It's like 82 or something. So um, What's illegal in California? I think it's, it's 80, 80. 88, right? Isn't it? Or maybe it's 88. We're, whatever, we're over by two inches on one of, one of our truck trailers because we armored the sides and made it so you can roll over the fenders and all that kind of stuff. And so we, it got wider when we did that. So anyway, uh, on the Jim Glow, it's the same width as the TRX. So it's funny. I look at my rearview mirror. I could barely see it because the TRX is so wide. And so it was great to tow with because it had the same footprint as the TRX. So whatever the TRX would make, you know, I didn't have to worry about the trailer catching stuff. But man, Ram but how did it, But how did you see? Because it's, it's. I mean, it's completely, It's you're blind. Normally you can look, I mean, you get your mirrors, obviously. I got cameras on the back of that thing too. And, okay. and I could see the top of the box, or, you know, from the, over the tailgate. And so I knew it was back there. I didn't turn, you look, it's there. It has good mirrors. But uh, the thing about Ram is uh, if you've ever used, so our TRX has the trailer knob, kind of like the pro trailer system that Ford has. But when Ford came out with their system, it involved a lot of math and a bunch of these little target stickers. And you had I, had, I heard base. that you had to uh, have an A-plus in trigonometry. Oh, it's, it was a pain in the butt to set up. Now, if you had one trailer, you spend an hour setting it up, it was great. If you had lots of trailers, it's like, oh, my God. Let me tell you, the RAM system, I hooked up the trailer. I made two right turns. I made two left turns. And it goes, 30-foot trailer on the, on the, uh, uh, the, the DIC. And then it said uh, blind spot with trailer activated. So the RAM judges the, the trailer depth using the blind spot sensors. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to do like figure eights and weird stuff. You just drive it and then it knows. And then the blind spot shoots out past the length of your trailer. So you could still, you know, <laughs> nice. put, put, this, you know put the blinker on and it was great. So it was, it was, it was a pretty cool uh, driving experience. And then uh, I had, you know, adaptive cruise control and it has that lane centering steering thing. So it just got, it was really, uh, really nice. So anybody who's wondering like, oh, is it a one trick pony? Again, not a lot of weight, didn't have a lot of tongue weight on it, but it, it was, it was great. It was almost like nothing was up. There's one of the easiest towing experiences I've had in a while. And I was like, ah, it, I just reminded me because of your Jim Glow story. I'm like, oh yeah, I just towed with one of those. You're, you're going to like it. You know, I'm glad because uh, it's an aluminum trailer as opposed to a lot of steelies that are out there. And I, you know, actually just today I called a company up in uh, Sacramento, Santa Rosa, I don't know, Northern California, and they have another tilt bed that they're Mm -hmm. doing. 
and it's it's steel and it's got a heavier uh, uh, GVW that's more than the the, the Jim Glow aluminum. Yeah. Um, but I just like the nimbleness and the li- the uh, the lightweightness of the Jim Glow. That, that's the, the thing. Lightweightness. lightweightness. Got yes. it. All right. Got it. Yeah. You'll you'll like it. I, it was a great trailer to tow with, and uh, I would uh, I would use it uh, gladly once again. That's if I can get the guy from Jim Glow to call me back. Oh well, maybe you should uh, tell him. Hey, two things. I have a podcast, and they want to be a customer. Yeah. I said, hey, I'm going to write you a check. I'm going to send it to you right now. Give me the quote. Do you like money? <laughs> and he went to like the Bear Jackson auction, and the uh, then he uh, I like four days later, I hit him with an email. I said. Still want to get a quote from you. Just want to throw money your way. Just really want to just fatten up your bank account. <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. What, what, he asked me a couple questions. I said, here you go. He's like, I'll get back to you this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Monday. What's today? Wait, yeah. <laughs> can I just point out that's for all the times that you said you would get back to somebody that afternoon, too? I mean, maybe it's karma. It's a little bit. Yeah. There's, uh, listen. Whenever I'm I pretty listen, good, let me show I'm you. Pretty good. I'm not great, well, but on, I'm pretty darn good listen, about getting back to people. This is I, this is the the, the wisdom of, uh, of of Holman coming out here. Whenever I'm waiting for somebody to get back to me and they just won't, I always do an inventory of all the people that I haven't gotten back to, and then I start getting back to those people. And wouldn't you know it, the guy I'm waiting for circles back uh-huh. by the time I'm done, and I'm like, yeah, okay, it so, is karma. Uh, it's true. Yeah, you got. Listen, if you're waiting on somebody. Figure out if somebody's waiting on you. Go handle those people because it solves two purposes. One, takes up time, right? So you're not like, oh, I wish that guy would call me back. And two, it knocks stuff off your list and then frees up the universe for that other guy to call you. Yeah. Close the gap on someone else and they'll close the gap on you. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, uh, we've got a bunch of uh, great stuff in the show. Uh, We've got a ton of five-star hotline calls from uh, to win the California car cover. So we'll, we'll play. I think we have so many. I think we'll play maybe half this week. And then give you guys an opportunity to uh, uh, leave messages next week, and then that's that's it. That'll be you know two two weeks of leaving messages, and then we'll crown a winner. Yeah, man. If and- you guys did not hear the last episode, our friend uh, Jimmy over at Cal Car Cover offered up their uh, Super Weave. I want to say was it Super Ultra, Ultra Weave? Ultra Weave. Oh, sorry, it's even better than the Super Weave car cover for your car or truck and it will be custom so whatever you have yeah. he will make a cover for it and, and i own several of them as does holman and they're badass now, and all we ask for is a great story just a great story why do you need that car cover let's let's hear it so i'm anxious to get into those i haven't listened to any of them yet i'm hoping they're good that they may not be i don't know I mean, while you're listening we'll to the show, out. you can leave a message and they, on the five-star yeah. hotline, 657-205-6105, 657-205-6105. we got to get into Nissan first, though. All right. So uh, if you're in the market for a uh, mid-sized truck or a half-ton truck, uh, you are going to want to go to NissanUSA.com where you can build and price the Nissan Frontier, Nissan Titan, Nissan Titan XT. The Titan lineup comes with the industry's best warranty, five-year, 100,000 miles. Fender and, audio system. And, of course, the uh, <laughs> Nissan Frontier mid-sized. By the way, I drove by my local uh, Nissan dealer. Uh, Huntington Beach or uh, the Surf Cypress? City. Oh, they okay. had eight of them in ro- in a row out. What? Yeah, I was like, oh, all right, they're starting. So to trip you got in. there just as the truck dropped them off. We actually have a listener in our inbox in our emails today who bought one. So they sent us a note saying, hey, so we'll we'll read that later today too. Wow. Right. So uh, like myself, if you want to see all of them in person, head down to your local dealer. It looks like they've got inventory now. Check it out because I do believe it is one of the most underrated small pickup trucks out there. 
Great truck for the money. Dude, built in the USA. They're not waiting to come off a ship at the port of LA. Like they're being made in this country and then they hop on, a, I guess, a train, right, to get out here. A train or, or truck. To get wherever it, you it, live. It depends on how far out you are. Right. Also has the best class horsepower, the nine speed automatic transmission. A whole lot to like. So uh, again, head on over to NissanUSA.com. You can check out the Frontier. And we have to thank our friends over at Banks. And I really do mean our friends over at Banks because one of them is the co host of the show. Uh, I don't have any uh, unwieldy scripts. But uh, lightning is plugging into something here. So can we can we is this still pedal monster? Yes. Okay, listen. You guys love your trucks, but you don't like throttle lag. A lot of manufacturers deaden the pedal unnaturally because they want you to get good fuel economy and they don't, you know, a lot of high uh, horsepower engines today make a lot of low end torque. They don't want you peeling out from stoplights. However, if you like that sort of thing, uh, Banks can take care of it for you with the Pedal Monster. It's a great little plug-and-play module. It goes to your OBD2 port, and it has 30 settings for sensitivity. Set it to where you like it, and you can do it on the fly. It has safeguards. It's patented. Bankspower.com. I think Lightning has a little uh, audio clip for you. So, Holman, this week I installed a Pedal Monster. You know I'm not the install guy. I'm just uh, the marketing schmuck. And I can get this thing in in, in the, the standalone version that's app-controlled mm-hmm. like you've used in under three minutes. And so that includes like zip are you it up. Are you saying that your uh, your marketing spiel is... So easy, even a marketing guy can do it? <laughs> I mean, no, I guess maybe I should. <laughs> uh, so I had one in a 2020 F450. I put one in uh, in a Gladiator with a 3.6. Okay, I don't care about any of that. I want to hear about the 392 that you just installed one in. All right, this is Erica. So this this vehicle drives great. It drives amazing on the street. It drives amazing off-road. Um, the engine is unbelievable. But it's still when you're on when you're on the highway, when you're on surface streets and you just want that extra little instant power, believe it or not, there is still some throttle lag. And I mean the, it, that just should not happen in this kind of vehicle. But yeah, there is still that split second where you just wish you had a little bit more power than you do. Alright, so Erica, we're going to pull over here to the curb. And then once we come to a stop, you can adjust the level. We do that for safety. And then on the I-dash to your left, on the left-hand side, yep, you're going to adjust it. And let's go up into, from stock into city. Let's go to like city five. One, two, three, four, five. And let's give that a try. Tell me what you think. All right, let's go. (laughs) How does that sound? Wow. She's smiling. This thing was a crazy beast before. And um, yeah, that's dangerous. No, don't say that. Oh, sorry. No, that's fun. fun. That that is crazy fun. All right, so if you are looking for a uh, dangerous product, you no, are, no, 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 how dare I you? thought you were saying that. No, no, that, da- no. dangerously fun. Oh, dangerously fun product, <laughs> uh-huh. then head over to uh, bankspower.com. All right, on that note, let's start the show. The Truck Show. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. All right, uh, who's up first, me or you, Holman? We got, we both have stories. Uh, you go for it. Okay. Wow. All right. So. 
You have long since talked about your off-roading experiences, and I have just uh, listened and soaked them and up. And mocked it. Uh, no. No, you've mocked them. No, not all. But I, you, I, I, you have definitely mocked, been a mocking. The ones that I mock are the are the uh, the Chad Halls, the Rod Hall stories, because they keep coming How about up. the Josh Halls? The Josh Halls as well. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. all the Halls, right? Okay. Yeah. And so, Holman, you'll enjoy this. So I was in the passenger seat, the co-pilot seat of Bryant Blakemore, who owns Tequachi Motorsports. And I'll tell you about his team and, and all that stuff in a second. Uh, but by anyways, the way, they, they are listeners. He's a longtime listener, and he came to you via uh, DM and said, yeah, hey, I want to do some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I took him up on it. So, but again, we'll get there in a second. So, to flash forward, we get there, and we're waiting. Uh, we're on the, like, uh, waiting to get on the start finish line. All the, the trucks are getting up in the queue, whatever that's called. Josh Hall, in his trophy truck, pulls up, and Brian's like, oh, my gosh, that's Josh Hall. Like, I need to go say hi to him. I may never get another chance. I'm going to go say hi. Uh, because his his father... Uh, Rod Hall had the colors on our truck, so I oh, guess cool. yeah. So, so, so Rod Hall, if you don't know, Desert Racing is the uh, winningest uh, four wheel uh, driver of all time, and I believe he did the first fifty one Baja uh, one thousand races, which is insane. Yeah, I mean, like he never missed one. Which and- after this, I have a whole new yeah. respect. Oh, dude, and I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> okay. Doing, I, mean, I, I really do. And so because our- I think I think I I don't want to I don't want to stomp on your story, but I think you sort of were like. Dude, I've been in a truck off-road fast, like whatever. No. A little bit. No, uh, but I mean in the past. N- not like this. Yeah, no, I have. I have. Yeah. And, and I'm going to eat some Dismissive. crow. I'm going to eat some crow. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so, Are you still peeing blood? Uh, n- I didn't, <laughs> but damn near close. Uh-huh. So um, I, I should say that this 2003 Ram, the Tequachi Motorsports Ram, uh, was the livery was the same colors as Rod Hall's famous colors back in the 80s yeah, and so, 90s. So right? Rod campaigned a bunch of different vehicles, but one of the ones he's famous for is uh, the Dodge Rams of that era. Exactly. So it's yellow top, orange, red stripes with a white uh, lower half. Really unique. And when we were going down uh, downtown Las Vegas, they've got the strip that all the trucks drive through and the audience is there and all the booths are there. There were all these uh, high, high dollar trophy trucks and really cool vehicles, vintage bugs. Like you name it, it was there. But this was the darling. This 2003 Dodge Ram was the darling for whatever, I guess not for whatever reason, because people there know the history of of Rod Hall and all that. And they like the they like the tribute colors. Anyway, so Josh Hall parks. We run up. And uh, and he talks for a little bit. Uh, Bryant and and Josh speak. Josh and then walks did, over. Uh, Josh slug him in the face for stealing his dad's colors. No, no, he was pretty stoked. All right, cool. No, he was stoked because he's like he he it was presented to Josh as a tribute. This oh, is not oh, like no, hey, no, 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 Josh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Josh totally got it. So Josh walks over, and I tell him about you and how we talk about the halls all the time, and we're shaking hands. We take a photo, and as we take a photo, I look down. And he peed on me. Yeah! (laughs) He had the little rubber tube coming out of his left leg. Yes. Just by his heel. And he peed where I was standing. Oh, you know what? This is amazing. Because I'm now sending this photo that you sent me. You sent Uh me a photo of you and Josh Hall, and you're flipping me off. Uh And he's peeing on me. When you're the guy, and he has the best smirk on his face. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. He should be flipping you <laughs> off because yes. of all the trash talk uh-huh, that you had. Uh-huh. So who got the last laugh? Holman did. That's right. <laughs> as as is prescribed by the Bible. Uh, oh, is that the case? Yes. <laughs> On which page? Which chapter and verse? <laughs> so that was, uh, I mean, listen, kudos to him for doing that. Uh, and I didn't even realize it until he walked away. I'm like, 
hey, that's funny. Like, I would have done that to someone. I'm texting Josh right now with the photo, uh-huh. and I said, he says you peed on him. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. That happened. So, um, anyway, he was he was super cool, and uh, and he's a statesman. Like, he oh, he just, is. He, no. Very, very complimentary. Uh, former military guy, and uh, obviously Rod uh, ran a tight ship with his, with his kids. If you've ever seen... Of uh, the Hall team in, in action and see these guys race. They're, they're absolute professionals. Yeah, that's it. That, that, um, you, with that, it, as soon as I met him, I'm like, yeah. you can just, he just reeks a pro. Oh, dude. He, yeah. when I did the Baja 1000, every year that I rode with him, he did Ironman. He had people swapping in and out of co drivers. He did the whole race. And he would be like, I need coffee. I need a peanut butter sandwich and a banana. Okay, let's go. You know, yeah. better be ready. You can tell he was not phased. He was calm, yeah. collected, that whole thing. Now, I will say that something happened to their. Uh, their trophy truck, and they didn't finish the race. Yeah. Uh, mechanical complications or something. I believe just... their ZR2 and the Silverado did, though. Uh, yeah, that yeah, their mm-hmm. most of their team did finish. Yep. Yeah. So um, to, to to give you the story here, um, Bryant, thank you so much. I know you're listening. It was a huge honor to be in the co-pilot seat for a lap. I did went 97 Bryant miles. Pee on you? Bryant did not pee on you. Are you me. sure? No, I'm. Not. Uh, I mean, I was pretty dry. Okay. Yeah. All right. Did you pee in his truck? No, I didn't. Didn't have to. Although at the end of the 97th lap or uh-huh. 97th mile, I had to go bad mm-hmm. because the, the strap that's between your legs. Were you wearing just, a catheter? No. Yeah, that's why. So what did I tell you? Wear a catheter. They weren't given one. I, you I go and I buy one. They have them a contingency. Anybody out, hey, dude, it's like bumming a cigarette. Is that hey, true? Yes. Black cat. Go grab one. Next next time you got to so, wear a catheter, dude. I mean, I had the conversation. The listen, listen. I had the conversation with Brian. Uh-huh. Because I brought it up, you said I yeah. should get one. Yeah, and he goes, "Nah, I just go the whole race. I won't pee the whole race." That's him. I'm like, "Okay, he's raced before." Yeah. All right. So, did you barf? No, I didn't. Did you ever get a little bit sick or anything? No, I never got sick. Good. I never got sick. All so right. we get up and it's a long line of trophy trucks. Let me set the stage here. So we're supposed to go. Friday. Not trophy trucks. You're not. You weren't in a trophy no, truck but let class. Me explain. No, of course. No, but okay. No, but. We were supposed to go Friday with where the Volkswagen powered and the Honda powered uh-huh. uh, those things, or I guess they're um, Chevy engines, the Ecotex, mm-hmm. right? Okay, all those cars, the Class Ones, I want to say. We were supposed to go on Friday, and whatever happened, something happened. We were pushed to to Saturday. Now Saturday was Trophy Trucks, and we're in Class Eight, which yep. apparently stock back full. in the day, Stockville. Back in the day, that was a big deal to be stock, to yeah. be in that that's, class. That's where I raced. That's where Josh loved racing. Is so now stockful. that's like a, a barren wasteland of that. It's, there's yeah. really not that many trucks in it, and so we were then. By the way, on, if you're like Ford with a new Raptor or Ramtier, if anything campaigning like that, those are all Class Eight. So that's like when a manufacturer decides to like jump into Baja for a season, they're doing it usually in the Class Eight. Right. Well, it turns out we were the only truck in Class Eight. So you won. Congratulations. We well. I don't want to spoil the story, okay. but he did get a trophy. Yeah, of course he did. Yes. So so we get lumped into Saturday, and we're in line with all the trophy trucks. And these are 1,000 horsepower plus trophy trucks, mm-hmm. many of them. Um, and there's buggies and all, but they're all like really capable, super capable, fast off-road vehicles. And here we are in an 03 Dodge Ram. Solid axle? Solid axle. It has a little a bit Cummins? of a lift. Uh, no, Hemi. So it's a, that would have been still a 5.7 in 03. It was a 5.7. Yep. That's exactly right. And this is a 5.7 with a lot of miles on it. And that would it. have been the uh, the 5 RFE trans, I That's think. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it had some difficulty. Mm-hmm. There were a bunch of times when it just would not downshift. Yep. Not a great not a great trans. Not a horrible, but not a great. No, Brian trans. defended it. He's like, oh, yeah. it does the job. I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And did you sell him a pedal monster while you were riding with him? <laughs> I, did, I did not. I don't think we have one for an 03. It goes back a little 
little before Pedal Monsters coverage. So we got up to the line. All the trophy trucks got ahead of us. We didn't start finish or the you know the starting line. The fire blows like supercross. I'd never yeah, been yeah, in yeah. that. Where huh? flames on either side every time a, a truck launches. Yeah. And um, we were like three or four behind Jesse James. Okay, you know, so it's like well, he had a mishap. He had a mishap. <laughs> right, landed on his lid, uh-huh. which was crazy. Anyway, um, we made it further than he did, which is yeah, wild. Nice. Before we get to that part, we're in line. All the trucks are staged in front of the grandstands. And I was stunned how many people were in the grandstands. Mm-hmm. VIP sold out the whole yeah, yeah. thing. And this is in Prim, Nevada, which there's nothing in Prim. It's just there's a hotel and a golf course and dirt. There's nothing and else. And a lot out of race there. trucks. And a lot of race trucks. Anyway, so before the race, all the trucks are staged and they just open the gates. And Brian's like, holy crap, they're going to let all the fans out here. And they did. And so they had little bitty kids, yeah, like yeah. their dads were putting them in the passenger seats and everything. So that I was that really, stuff. oh my God. Yeah. And like, that's where I realized that his truck was the darling. Guys were coming out just going, wow, I own this truck. Yeah, or yeah, I exactly. did own this truck. Well, it's because it's, of- it doesn't feel like some millionaire's toy, right? It's it's a blue collar truck that that the average guy can can relate to and see himself in. And, and kids love that. Kids are like, that looks like my dad's truck, but radder. I want to sit in it. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And it, it looks, at, it's caged. It's got yeah, racing yeah, seats and the whole thing. It's still a race truck. Yeah, it is. But By um, the way, support your RPM act. Yeah, because that is that truck's super illegal. Yeah. You know, according to uh, the RPM Act. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we'll talk about that in another show because we had a conversation one of the nights at dinner about that, and a lot of the guys didn't even realize that was happening. Yeah. So these are guys in the race season yeah. scene that don't sure, even realize sure, sure. it's happening. So we get up to these, the fire blows, we go, and he nails the gas, right? We go for the first jump. The first jump, Holman, and he airs it. Yeah. And we come down so hard, I thought he split my nutsack in Do you half. remember what I told you about <laughs> racing in a 2003 Dodge Ram? Yeah. I told you it wasn't going to ride great. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm telling you, we hit, and I go, the fir- you crushed my spine, and we haven't even gone 70 you feet yet. You said that? No. Oh, I would have kicked you out of my truck. <laughs> no, of course I didn't say that. I was, I was going to go. And I was navigator. And I was legitimately supposed to be a navigator, not just like let him drive in every... You know, 45 minutes, I'd yell something out. Like, I was going to be an active participant. And so it did really well, and I was stunned. I mean, there was everything. There was... Josh Hall just wrote back. I don't yeah. I don't mean to interrupt your story, but... Oh, what did he say? He said, uh, that means I like him in official racer tradition. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, yeah, good guy. Good guy for sure. So, I just uh, wrote back, uh, love that you claimed him. Listen... <laughs> I don't dislike the halls. I disliked you always bringing them up. You know what I mean? That's what I think. Jealous. <clears throat> maybe it is. Maybe this is jellyfish. Maybe, maybe. So it's got. I mean, we went through sand, through hard pack, silt, rocks, tons of whoops, and all that stuff. And where the reason I keep bringing up the trophy truck thing is because they have tons of ground clearance. And what happened where we got screwed is that. Are you still smiling from the Rod Hall? No, it's great. It's great. No, just, Holman I, can't get over it. No, it's, it's awesome that Josh peed on you, and not only did he go. <laughs> Oh, I did? And he's like, yeah, I did that on purpose. So that totally drives with your story. That makes it even better. I was going to save that to this episode because Holman and I have talked about he, he, you know, I sent him a, a photo of me and flipping him the bird next to Josh. Yeah. And I, and, but I had to save the pee story. No, that's, that's great. <laughs> so uh, these trophy trucks, we are now, uh, they are way out in front of us. And we figured this is going to be great. They're so far in front of us, these like 40 trophy trucks that... They'll eventually lap us on like lap two or three or whatever, right? But in the meantime, we won't have to deal with their dust and all that stuff. So, Holman, by the time we get to like the really sandy areas, the yeah. very soft stuff. That, the silt? 
The silt. So that's where you put up your visor and totally hose yourself for the rest no. of the race. No, no, no. You you told me not to lift uh, my visor. I did, and I didn't. Good. And as a matter of fact, I got a piece of Velcro and put it around the base of my helmet. Yeah, yeah. And I so got that little the, the the uh, sort of the sheath that hangs that over sheath, your shoulders. Yeah, exactly I have that right. on my helmet too. So that really helped. And and um, we brought uh, a couple of cloths to wipe our visors because yeah. they're constantly getting. Yeah. It wasn't fog; it was just dust. Yeah. And it, any any time we'd get past, just dust, boom, all yeah, over there, our lenses. There's gloves. I usually like to race with uh, mechanics gloves. So uh, and then usually if I'm co-driving, I'll do a bright color like red or orange just so it's visible off the thing. But usually because they have like that suede on it, you could wipe your visor with like the side of your index finger. That is what he was doing. That's yeah. what Bryant was doing. Um, I had a um, I had a couple um, I had a couple microfibers that uh, that I had in my hands and I would loan him one whatever. But I was on iPad duty, so I yeah. had the GPS and I also had the the loan rants. Now um, did I, I? I told you. Don't bury your heads in the screen. Make sure you're getting the info, but get back to the horizon. Did that help? The good help? news is, yeah, it absolutely did. Um, and I would say that 80% of my time was on the horizon, like you said, and I was looking at, and that the, the the iPad was right in my face. This armature that came out from the dash yeah. was probably like at least a foot. So it was maybe, I don't know. That's it good might for have been you. 14, it was no, great. No, it's because you don't have to use your reading glasses. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I did have my glasses on, but it, it worked out really well. Um, and it turned out that the, well, I'm getting off topic here. So we start hitting some of these silt patches in these some of these turns. Oh, yeah. And the trophy trucks are so fast and so powerful, mm -hmm. they were creating ruts. Yeah. And so, Think of it, if you are listening and you've never been to the desert or, or, or maybe are on the East Coast, don't have the desert experience, it's literally like driving through three feet of baby powder. That's probably the best way to describe it. That is exactly it. what it is. I was stunned how soft it is. Yeah. It, it, it's and it's a and different consistency ever, than sand. Yeah, if you if you've ever taken a uh, a a baby powder bottle, like maybe you're gonna put baby powder on your kid, and you open it up and you squeeze it, and like that puff of comes out. Yep. Imagine that times about a million. Yeah. What was happening here is on the hard pack stuff and the rocks. We were actually really good. We were we were having no problem, but we were getting that really soft stuff. The front axle was buried. The front diff was oh, yeah. getting was it was we were high centering basically, mm -hmm. so so we finished the whole first lap. What is that on thirty fives or thirty sevens? I think he was on thirty sevens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thirty sevens, because I think he wants to go up to like forties. Ultimately, mm -hmm. he's got to do some big stuff to the Take truck. Watchy, don't do it unless you're doing all axles, man. We'll, that we'll gets get expensive. him. On, we'll, we'll get him on the show and get a recap from yeah. him as well. I want to hear his side of the story. I want to hear it's going to be different. your embellishment, and then I want to hear what he thought from a driver's perspective. I don't think I'm really embellishing. I think I'm, I'm okay, trying to tell just, how it was, okay. you know. And so we, but we didn't really have any problem except we got in this one corner. And the truck didn't downshift when mm -hmm. it should have, and it was a sharp 90-degree right-hand turn, slow speed. And he was in two-wheel drive at this point, and it just brrrr, yeah. and we just, just dug bogs. ourselves in. Now, there was a girl in a brand-new F-150, and she was waiting for someone to get stuck right yeah. there. So she throws, I'm sorry, it was the guy driving, and she was in the passenger seat. He, she jumps out. Latched with by the time I'm taking my helmet off, assuming that I'm going to have yeah. to uh, uh, put those boards under our tires. Yeah. And I didn't have to because she had already strapped on uh, to the F-150, and they wanted to pull us out forward. Yeah. So he gets a running start. He goes, Wah, bam, snaps the line, just mm. snaps the freaking line. And I was like, oh, my God. Race truck's heavy. I, be I bet you his race truck and race trim with trust axles and a cage and everything, I bet you 7,500, if not more. I think he said I think he said 9,000. It could be. Yeah. I remember the, the Hummers we used to race were 80. 
The Hummer H2, I believe, was more was heavier than the H1 pickup truck that they raced. Wow! And it was one of them was 91, one was like 87 or something. Yeah, I, I, so that's he, a lot of weight for a strap. Is my you'll point. call me out if I'm wrong, but I, but yeah. it is. You're right. It was heavy. So then they got behind us and they said, I, "We can pull you out backwards." So they got behind us and boom, pulled us out, just beautifully smooth like butter, just right out, no problem. It, the whole experience was like four minutes. Like they got us out really, really fast. He threw it in four-wheel drive, and for the rest of that lap, we were good as far as traction. We had some downshifting issues where we had to slow down, but we had really no issues. And what was really neat is four-wheel drive, hauling ass across the drive, uh, the lake bed. That was fun until we started to get lapped by trophy trucks. Yeah. So now we're about, let's call it eight miles. Did anybody nerf you? No, we didn't. We actually went around and we talked to the guys. Most of the yeah, the, said, listen, the guys don't said, fuck up my truck. Don't. Yeah, well, just like hey, listen, we're gonna be going slow. Just don't yeah. be a dick. Yeah. Like it yeah, we'll so, move for you. Absolutely, yeah. bright us up so, with lights. And we did. Got a, a couple of guys lit yeah. up their um their LEDs. So Josh used to have a uh, a train horn, like a freight train horn, on his. He didn't believe in nerfing because he didn't want to mess up his vehicle. He didn't want to mess up somebody else's vehicle, and he didn't want to get them connected because sometimes you'll see people nerf and they hook up like kids kissing with braces on or something, and then you're really messed up. So Josh would always have the co-driver hit the freight train horn because a lot of times you're in tunnel vision. You don't know what's behind you. Well, what I heard this time is they have police. Like, yeah. They have police siren horns, yeah. all right, and, or just sirens. Uh, and yeah. I could hear those. Or we would just be blasted by a quick flash of the LEDs. Yeah. Um, although it was really tough to see them because there was so much dust out right. there. Which is why uh, the, the, the sound helps. We also had a flashing blue light facing backwards yeah. to say, hey, we're slow. Um, so anyway, I mean, and by the way, our slow was like 65, 70 miles an hour. So we're cruising on the dry lake bed about eight miles from coming into the, um, to the start finish so we can change co-drivers and, and Brian couldn't theoretically pee and whatnot. And we're doing just shy of 70 on this giant lake bed. Just, there's nothing out there. Occasional cone on the left and the right to keep you in the straight direction and our GPS to know where we're going because it's so... You could, it's so wide open. You could be making a slow right or slow left and you'd never know it because it's just so big. Mm-hmm. And all we hear is on either side of us yeah. at about 140 miles an hour. Probably. Two trucks racing it, battling it out. And you battling guys are in the it way. out. Yeah. And we now cannot see. Yep. We're doing 70. Yep. And there's. Zero visibility. Now your job is to bury your head in that GPS and figure out where you're at. And, and keep all going I online. was saying is go straight, go yeah. straight, go straight. Yeah. And I zoom in. Bear right, bear left, I'm, gentle I'm, right. I'm yeah. looking at 0.1 miles, yeah. you know, on my on my ring in the center here, and we're in the dead center. And by the way, the low ranch was crap. That didn't do squat. It was all about that iPad for whatever mm-hmm. reason. The, the, Do you know the, what the, the software files, on the iPad was? Uh, they were it was an RTX file or whatever that was. Well, no, um, but do you know what the software running the file I was? Do, uh, Just I, out of curiosity, I remember the icon. Yeah. I don't. If you said it, I would remember what it was called. Well, we'll ask him when he. I had uh, never heard of it before yeah. until I, I fired it up, but I really liked the Might be something racing centric or something. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah, for sure. I know that there are giant power lines to the left of us, probably 100 yards to the left, and there's nothing to our right. But I literally don't know, and he doesn't know, Bryant does not know if we're truly going straight or not. Can you imagine going 70? In hitting one of those massive power lines, yep. one of those that have four legs that are probably, they're like 30 feet between each leg. They're massive, yeah, massive. Yeah, the, the high power lines, that bring the, uh, those are bringing the power from like the Hoover Dam into Los Angeles. Yes, that's exactly mm-hmm. right. And so there was a moment of freak out because there was, when I see zero visibility, you guys in snow country, you know whiteouts. Mm-hmm. This was a 
This was a brownout. <laughs> it was all dust. So luckily, the wind right then moved the dust out of our way, and it was just blue skies. And we just hammered down and went in. And we went in. Uh, we pitted. Co-driver hops in. We get out. Smooth transition. I was stunned. I was like, all right, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't screw us up. Like I got Good us. Good job. Back. I mean, literally. I don't give yourself a hand clap for that. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't know. Brian may have a totally different. I, at, at one point. I was calling out our speed a little too often for him because there's these long stretches yeah. of 25 mile an hour max right. because of either crossings sure. or motorcycles. Because remember, we shared some of the course with some with dirt bikes. So I was like 27, 24, 20. And he's like, okay, a little bit less because I was maybe I was a little anxious, uh, but I was trying to call out all the hairpin turns and whatnot. Um, that was kind of neat. Like I could, I think rallying would be, now I kind of understand why guys like to co-pilot in rally cars. That's why I asked you in the last episode, I said, are you going to be the co-dog or are you going to be ballast? Because the difference is a lot of people go in the third seat and they're ballast. There's even people who get a ride in the second seat and they're ballast and they just sit there like, I'm just here for an e-ticket ride. Right. The well, beauty I- of being a co-driver is you're racing, you're calling out dangers, you're calling out obstacles. I can tell you, for, this is not in anyone who was sitting in my seat that was doing what mm-hmm. I was doing. And I'd never done this before. So I'm not saying that I was doing any kind of a good job. But what I will say is that there were turns 100% for sure that if I did not call them out. You were rolling out in the desert. 100% he would have gone right off the course. Yeah, so so that's what I'm saying is when you are an active participant as a co-driver and people – so there's a lot of this old school, new school. No, no, it's not a co-driver. It's a navigator because that guy doesn't drive. Whatever. I've always called it co-driver, co-dog, whatever because you're doing as much. You may not be steering the wheel. But you're letting everything, everybody know what happens, where the course is, where the next thing is, what's going on. You're usually working the secondary controls, the lights, the horn, whatever, the pump or the radio, so that the driver can focus on driving. And that's what my whole point was. Like, like if you are getting to go be a co-driver, good on you, because that's awesome. That means he trusts you not to blow his race in the, in the passenger seat. That's a big deal for a racer. The opportunity that Bryant gave you is, is not an easy one to get ever. You know, oh, yeah, because I could have put his race in jeopardy. You could have put his truck in jeopardy. You could right. have put your safety in jeopardy. For him to have that faith in you and for you to get that opportunity, that experience, should be something on your bucket list because it's so rare to have a racer who's that willing to say, hey, if you're going to be in this seat, here's your duties. Here's your responsibilities. So for you to be able to do that and do it successfully and realize like racing isn't just sitting in a race truck. It's, it's like flying a plane. Like you're doing checklists and you're well, doing. There's, there's so much. There's happening no way here. that he could have navigated that course because some of the turns were too tight. Some of the the, the the physical spaces that truck had to go through on some of the rock courses and the quarries and things, he could not. I don't think could have looked at GPS and driven at the same no, time. No, not not at that pace. Right. You know, not at the not at the pace of race because he's he's avoiding boulders in the road. He's driving through silt. He's avoiding trophy trucks and trying not to get hit from behind. He's avoiding, uh, you know, G outs and and people on the side of the race course who are cheering you on, who are there to see um, spectators. All that. Yeah, the one thing I was disappointed is it, he really stressed the night before and days before leading up to it is that keep an eye on the rearview mirror. Yes. I, so, yes. but the thing is, and I was, but three or four times that we were over, oh, that we were overtaken by trophy trucks. I couldn't see them. I literally, it, there was so much dust yeah. that we just, I we heard them, I guess twice I saw the big LED bars, yeah. but when they didn't have LED bars, they just came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, no, they were it, just right out of nowhere. It's um, hard, man. So we do the pit. I get out and they go, They now he's got it. We did the first lap in two hours, 56 minutes, somewhere nice. in so you there, got almost right? three, three hours uh, yeah. in and the truck? It, it wasn't as fast as he wanted to be. Now, yeah. how this race works is 
for the trophy trucks, they know they're going to be in in a certain. They're going to guess that they're going a certain mile an hour. Blah blah yeah. blah. You have a total of ten hours on on this right. Saturday, right? And you have to finish the race in that time mm-hmm. because af- they don't allow you to race after 10 p.m. Right. Like it's just, or whatever yeah, the time there's sweepers was. on the course and they look for everybody and make sure everybody's that's, off. That's and, exactly yeah. right. So if you go too slow and you blast over 10 hours, you don't, you, you, what is it, DNF? What's it called? Yeah, did not finish. Yeah, did not finish. And so that we were right in the margin, right? We yeah. had to be three hours yeah. or under to make the nine hour total, yeah. which would be under the 10, whatever. So- he gets 28 miles into lap two with his other co-driver, mm-hmm. super cool dude, and they were turning up rocks at this point mm-hmm. with the front axle. Yeah, because the course is so beat up. The course is so beat up yeah. at this point because the trenches on the left wheel and right yep. wheel are so deep. Yeah. That so the trophy now, trucks are running 40s these days. Now I mean, he's a big plow. Tires. He's literally, yeah. his, his the, the front diff is a mm-hmm. plow. Well, it turns out he busts a hole. Yeah. In the front diff and mm-hmm. puts a hole in the transpan. Oh yeah, did you offer him a Banks transpan? I did. I did. <laughs> I'm just no. checking. While you're there, I mean, we don't have know. transpans, but uh, yeah, I mean, again, you wouldn't. We're, our stuff is all aluminum. You want hardened steel for this kind of thing, you know? You want thick plate steel. Hey, dude, I'm trying to promote your. I, am, I appreciate it, but I don't want. I want to sell right. stuff that they'll enjoy and use, not yeah. stuff that'll break. Right, so. We have to go and retrieve him. We, the race is in action, and we will cannot get out to him. He's deep in the cut. We can't get out to him till after the race is over, and we have to go way out there and strap onto him, uh, and then drive him all the way in. And uh, so that was a whole adventure, and it got cold and dark, and it was it was it was great. Now I will say this: I got a great opportunity, the, the, the great opportunity to hang with the group that went out there. So this is kind of wild, is that both through our podcast, Holman. And through DTX, Dodge Trucks Extreme, yeah. mm-hmm. this group, yeah. right? Remember Jack Sandals yeah, yeah. and a of bunch course. of these cats? Of course. These are all guys that are part of this Dodge Truck Extreme group. Yep. And uh, they've got a Facebook group and website and forum and all that stuff. And and stickers and T-shirts. And they're a whole, like a whole thing. It's all full-size Ram trucks, right? Whether they're gas or diesel. Most of them were the 6.7 diesel and 5.9s and whatnot. And all lifted. And these guys all huck their trucks as if they're race trucks. But anyway, this whole group of dudes were super cool. And everywhere we went the whole, like, week, there was posted up, like, eight Ram trucks. So that was pretty cool. It's like a, uh, a, a parade going down the freeway. So that was neat. Anyway, you know, going out to retrieve him, Ram trucks, pulling a Ram truck in. I thought that was kind of cool, you know? It's just a lot of camaraderie that I thought it was was that, really that's neat. That's racing. You know? Ra- people cool. race. Dude, I mean, we rented cool. a house, which I thought was really cool. We yeah. did an Airbnb on the north side of Vegas or wherever, whatever side it was. And uh, we all just chilled and watched bad YouTube at more, night. More and, importantly, did you get audio? Um, I did get audio, but this is mostly Bryant. So the first piece here is at the house talking about prep and uh, we're every, it was all hands on deck at the this is funny Holman it's just a regular old suburban neighborhood in Vegas and what here you we are yahoos are there oh my god dude it's all these lifted rams race trucks the whole thing and friends showing up and these neighbors on both sides no one batted an eye like but you could tell they were kind of freaked out because we took over this whole cul de sac anyway uh, here's my first interview with uh, Brian talking about uh, what he expects to see from the truck. What are you guys doing? She's in there good. Um, Working. She's in there good. So we're getting towards the end of our final race prep. Uh, we've got our new jack mount fabricated, which you're going to have to learn how to use if we have changed tire. Uh, but it looks like it looks like it's going to work real well. 
We're checking all the brakes right now and swapping out brake pads on the front. They were a little worn down. Uh, luckily, EBC Brakes is located here in Las Vegas and they have sponsored this truck in the past. So if we needed anything, we could probably run down there and, and get what we need from them. But the rear brakes look good. Uh, front brakes are getting buttoned up now. We've got one or two more things to finish up on our prep list and then we'll be ready to go racing. We'll probably try to take this truck down to Prim this evening and go do the Hoopty Cross course, run at least one lap around that in order to shake the truck down because I've only driven it about three miles in three years. So <laughs> now we have uh, roughly a week before we have to race the Mint 400, right? Yes, that's right. A week if you are on a different planet. So we race tomorrow, uh, <laughs> starting at 10 a.m. And uh -huh. we are, so we are, what, it's 1, 2 p.m. now, eight, we're 18 hours from, mm -hmm. from when we need to uh, be ready to race. And uh, for me, at this point, we're right on schedule. So I feel good about it. I feel really good about it. The Dodge Truck Extreme group has come out and really pulled together to help me get this Dodge on the race course. Uh, I'm really thankful that these guys showed up and that everyone has been here. Uh, to, to help with this and we're, we're getting things knocked out. Our list is getting smaller and smaller. Walk me through the, uh, the upgrades in the, sure. last, the last six hours. Okay, so when we went through technical inspection, there were a couple points that the tech inspectors weren't real happy with on the truck, so we had to make some adjustments. One of those was this fuel vent that had to be lengthened so that it could uh, not, so that it, it would move from the other side of the fuel cell so that all the fuel wouldn't leak out on one side. Uh, there's our list behind us. I can see it in the sun here. Turn this way. There we go. Uh, the other thing we had to do due to tech inspection was cover our positive battery terminals with an insulator. Uh, we also had to mark our wheels with the race number. I don't know if that's visible or not. Yeah, yeah we can see it. Yep. But the, the race number there so that if we lost a wheel, they would know who it belonged to so that if we so that we could recover it and or they could give us a fine or disqualify us from the race for littering in the desert uh, all of our wheels are stamped and uh, that's done we found that our fans shorted out last night so we rewired the, the fans on the radiator the fans on the radiator so we uh, rewired those put in new fuse holders and good fuses and doubled up the power wires for those to hold the amperage i guess when i put new ones in this truck they were higher amp than uh, than what was previously in the in the vehicle so took care of that that's good ready to roll we've tested our radios our comms for in the pits and between trucks that's good so we've got our new brake pads ebc brake pads on this truck in the front rotors looked pretty good i equate the way this truck races as far as mileage and parts being worn out you see about 10 or 15,000 miles of road mileage equivalent to 500 to 1,000 miles of off-road racing with this truck as far as the drivetrain components go. Now, the moving components like the suspension and whatnot, it's probably closer to 30 or 50,000 miles of wear within a 500 to 1,000 mile range uh, racing. So, it's like a stock vehicle, like a regular three-quarter ton truck, like all these ones that are here around us. It just wears out a little bit faster, uh, but it's, it, can, it can survive what it's doing uh, as long as we don't overdrive the vehicle. Another thing that we had to modify here at our, our Airbnb 
was this steering box brace. It didn't line up. By the way, exactly what, right. what do you think of uh, what do you think the neighbors think of this operation out here? I think they love it. <laughs> I think they support off-road racing, and I'm really happy that they're here. <laughs> so, so the steering box brace i put in a psc big bore box on this truck the only achilles heel that this truck has ever had and it's never prevented us from finishing a race but it has caused us problem is the hydraulic system steering power steering hydro boost and and all of that so i revamped the entire system from scratch everything brand new for this race that included a big bore psc box and we run the, the steering brace that runs from frame rail to frame rail with a bearing that goes on a nut on the end of the Pitman arm bolt. May not be necessary, but it does provide an extra bash bar underneath the truck in case we nose the truck down into something. And it does provide some rigidity across uh, the, bet between the frame rails across the truck. So that needed some modification in order to fit properly because of the different steering box and the different brand bearing and whatnot. It didn't all just slap together. So we got that welded up and put in the truck. It's ready to rock and roll. Those are the big ticket items. We've got a few things to do tonight. I need to point our lights, the uh, the Baja designs, the Baja designs lights across the, the roof of the truck. Half of our race will be in the dark with sunset being around 4.30 p.m. So it's going to be critical that we have quality lighting. Uh, I prefer HIDs over, LI, uh, over LEDs because they throw the light so much further and in much better quality over that distance. Lights and off-road racing by the racers are rated by mile an hour. And I'd say these are probably 100 mile an hour lights. And that's good because this is a 70 mile an hour truck. <laughs> so we won't outrun our lights at all. Uh, other than that... We've uh, swapped some belts and checked the pulleys and checked the fluids and put gas in the truck. And man, we're ready to rock and roll. So Holman, have you ever heard of Hoopty X? Yes, that's uh, the uh, deal put on by our buddy Tate over at Gambler and also the same race that uh, Emmy Hall uh, participated in last, uh, same weekend that you were there and uh, was hucking Buddy through the whoops. Her uh, Miata, right? Uh -huh. But apparently she did not break him. She was very uh, proud of that fact. <laughs> So it's just a it's a it's a race, crazy dirt race course, and after it closed, the guys uh, I guess were friends with Bryant and let him on the course to like ring out the truck, make sure it was good. It's funny because a couple of the guys in DTX, uh, these Dodge trucks, got went out there as well, and were right jumping because their they had to make sure that the uh, chase vehicles uh, were working exactly, well too. Exactly, exactly. So uh, anyway, we did that. Uh, that was that was super cool, um, and then. Then Saturday morning, got there super early at the butt crack of dawn, and this is audio. Talking to Bright when we rolled up to the race course. Oh, oh. How you feeling? Good, good, feeling good. The truck is uh, pretty much ready as far as as far as we can make it. Uh, we stage in about an hour. Uh, how are you feeling? Is is the real question. I got to be honest. I don't get nervous very often, but I'm a little bit nervous. You know. Yeah. I haven't yeah. done this before, so this will be exciting. I just, I mean, look, turn around, look at this. Oh yeah, look at that. It's beautiful, beautiful out there. It's gonna be a good day of racing. Uh, once it warms up about 20 more degrees, I think we'll all be a little bit happier. It is 29. And for those of you in our uh, in the upper Northeast, I get it, this is not cold, but to us it is. Oh yeah, when you put that in combination with the butterfly jitters of, uh, you know, the, the pre-race procedure, it, uh, it feels a lot colder than it actually is. We'll start to warm up soon. We're getting the truck warmed up. It was a little cold. And uh, then we'll get out there with the big Dodge and show these trophy trucks what's what. 
<laughs> sure we will. <laughs> we'll show them something. Now we're in the truck and we're headed over to staging. All right, here we are. Yep. We are in the truck and we are ready. We're ready. We're going to head to staging. They're going to stage all the vehicles in the order in which they'll be starting. We're going to get out and do a grid walk and take a look at everything. And then uh, the race starts at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Starting with trophy trucks, we are about 59th off the line. We'll be uh, fighting traffic all day. And uh, you know, the rocks and the dust and all that, there's not a lot of wind, it's gonna, it's gonna be dusty for us. But I'm excited, I'm pumped, I'm glad to have Jay here with me, I'm glad to have Brian and the whole rest of the team here with me. We got a good crew, we got a good truck, we're gonna give her hell. Now this is staging, and this is where the crowd comes out and flocks around the truck. How does it make you feel that there are uh, half million dollar trophy trucks out here and yet your hit, your, uh, your truck is a hit? Uh, awesome. I mean, I, I can't say anything about how cool it is to have an everyday Joe's truck out here amongst million dollar race machines. And uh, this, this opportunity is incredible. I, I really appreciate the chance to represent just everyday people and what they can do in off-road racing. Uh, it's possible. Everyone can do it. If I can do it, everyone can do this. And I encourage everyone to try it. You'll give up all your other hobbies the moment you put tires in the dirt. Yeah, and you'll want to do this for the rest of your life. I just and helped, I a, uh, I helped uh, a six-year-old girl get in the co-pilot seat. Yeah. I think she might have more talent than I. <laughs> she might. Do I, need a, do I need to find her a race suit? A little bitty race suit, yes. <laughs> all right, I just topped out. Brian is now in co-pilot seat, and they are ready for lap number two, mid-400. And the final piece of audio, Holman, is, uh, well, the sun's gone down. And, he's, and the moon has gone up. And the moon's gone and up. And everybody uh, is racing for the cup? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, just checking. The distance. Did you go the distance? I didn't. I, you, I Personally, I went the distance. Are you still going the distance? The truck did not go the distance. Oh. Uh, this is Bryant's sans helmet standing out in front of the truck as we pull up to tow him to safety. All right, Bryant, uh, what time is it and where are we? Um, I don't know what time it is. It's like 7 p.m. or so. And we are in between Prim and Gene, Nevada on the farthest eastern point of the Mint 400 race course. And we are not racing any longer. Uh, we started lap two. You and I finished lap one and truck was running great. We figured out that putting it in four wheel drive would would help it run way better and uh, and, it, and, and by the way it did it was amazing how much better this ram liked four-wheel drive yep i think it surprised both of us yep yep okay. made it made a huge difference so we uh we had a few issues on our lap we got stuck once which is why we put it in four-wheel drive and then we got high centered again on a berm uh trying to make a corner and had to get pulled off of that but then we made it in no problems the truck was running great um no mechanical issues or anything like that. Pulled into the pits. I got out. You got out to. You got out to change with uh, Brian so that he could jump in and co-ride with me for a lap. Wave, Brian. <laughs> and uh, I got out to you know take a drink of water and 
eat a little food, feel a little better. And we got back in the truck, Brian and I took off. We hucked it across the start finish line, which everyone seemed to, to really enjoy. And uh, we made it about 30 miles. Dude, you and I on the first, on the first huck on yeah. the start finish line, yeah, yeah. we made it on TV. Heck yeah. Legit. Like yeah. on TV. That's awesome. And I'm not going to say it was a smooth landing, but we did. We pulled it up. <laughs> so when we came back through, I noticed immediately that the course was getting trashed. Now, when you say that, what do you mean by trash? So rutted? Rutted. Badly. Because we are running with all the unlimited cars today, which means... Trophy trucks that are 800 to 1200 horsepower on 40 to 42 inch tall tires, and a lot of them are two wheel drive, so they they rut out the course really really badly. My truck, being a solid axle on 37s, I don't have a whole lot of ground clearance. And on lap two, like I said, we made it about 30 miles, and I'd say out of that 30 miles. 27 of it we were dragging the front differential i mean it was enough to where it would it would slow the truck down about five miles an hour just from from the hits just a plow just a plow and that's what killed the truck when we came around the corners over here the truck was feeling kind of loose it 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 wasn't sticking to the road right so i knew something was off i thought feeling the diff grab and having the dirt shoot up, you know, over the dash because of that. I thought I had four flat tires. I didn't think the ruts were that deep. I thought I had four flat tires. And so we pulled over and Brian hopped out to, to look and he looked at the tires and he said, no, the tire's good. And when he crawled around the front and looked underneath, there was just a sheet of differential fluid pouring down. I haven't investigated it real closely but it looks like the uh, right behind the diff cover, so the, the axle tube and the truss and all that was just smashed back and just peeled away and opened up the differential at the bottom. Uh, so it's toast. I'm gonna have to put a new axle in this truck in the front, unfortunately. And because of that, I really wanna run portals and 40s now to get the diffs out of the dirt and get get a little elevation on them and then that'll help with gearing on the truck which will help the transmission live longer and and be a little happier and whatnot and uh it will lift the truck probably another six inches so it's going to be even bigger and better uh you know in the future but uh yeah it was it was an interesting experience and then we also when we started crawling around there we noticed that a rock or something had rolled up probably kicked up by the the, the axle uh, and smash the transmission pan to put a little hole in that so that's leaking leaking a little bit of fluid as well so i'm glad we stopped when we did we made one full complete lap racing right alongside trophy trucks uh we beat a handful of names like robbie gordon jesse james and jack's redline so uh, you know i'm gonna take that as a win for me and my old dodge and i jesse flipped on his lid you flipped, saw that right flipped on his lid yeah i saw that i saw that we we kept our wheels not on the ground but we kept them down yeah. at least all right so, so what are we doing here i see a tow rig and a strap yep so now uh i don't i didn't want to drive the truck out under its own power it was still moving when i stopped it but to prevent further damage to other pieces uh we're just going to get a tug out 
and uh, get back to where we can access the trailer and drive the truck up on the trailer and uh, All right, go so have a good time. Coming in, I came in on this white ram over here. Yep. And this this dirt right this is so soft. Oh, yeah. Super soft. Yeah. I I'm hopeful that we'll be able to pull you out. Yeah. But I have a feeling this truck will get trenched itself. We'll it, see. It might. It's it's gonna be a tough recovery because the ruts are just so dang deep. Um, luckily, my truck still runs and drives, so if it needs to help itself, I can still kind of push it through a little bit. It's not great for it, but the little bit that we have to go, it'll it'll work. We we can make it work. I right. I think we'll get out. I think we'll get out. All right, we'll see. I guess what I want to know is uh, if you guys are out on the course being reckless and wild as you poured through the turns. <laughs> were you? We were going the distance. Yes, were we were going for speed. Um, all alone. All alone in a time of need. Because <laughs> he's going the distance. He's going for speed. Um, you know what's interesting uh, hearing your story is I can I can hear it in your voice how you're both racing and pacing and plotting the course. Oh, stop it! With the freaking distance. <laughs> you know when the sun's gone down and the moon's gone up, and long ago somebody left with a cup because he broke down. I just hope that you were still striving and driving, and you were hugging the turns. And I, I I'm really. I'm really thinking of uh, someone for whom you still burned. Was that me? <laughs> you thinking of me as you were? Uh, no, I wasn't. Of course. No, I was thinking of my pillow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and something to put between right, well, my legs that was soft. Very good. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that a listener uh, took you out on a, uh, a, an experience, and uh, I'm happy you survived, and I'm happy you've uh, been made a man, and Josh Paul peed on you. All those things happened, and I'm very, very proud to be uh, a participant yeah. in uh, the Mid-400. Congratulations on your first racing golden shower. Oh, oh yeah, that sounds gross. Hey, I got one of those. Uh, I got one of those uh, participation trophies. No, not a participation. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was. It was uh, not a flask. What do you call them? Uh, are they called carafes? Sure. No, it's not a carafe. Carafe is what you put orange juice in at no, like a brunch. It's not a freaking carafe. I don't know. Or it's wine. all painted and it and it says mint four hundred and it's got the trophy. It's a cup, on. dude. It's not a cup. It's not, it came in an awesome box like a giant iPhone. All right. Well, I'm glad you got that. It was freaking sick. Can we, can we move on to other things? Do you have a, I, I wonder if I have a picture of it. It's so sick. Lightning, I feel like I've been in the truck with you three hours now. Let's move on. What story do you have? Is Brian, is this what it was like for him? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's get into some inbox. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Why don't you start this time? Because I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have a little Dr. Pepper. Ooh, yeah. Uh, uh, give me some. <laughs> you almost had Dr. Pepper grab your nose. <laughs> that oh. was awesome. Oh, that's oh, like it burns. That's I like, can see it. That's like acid coming out my nose. <laughs> oh, you asshole. <laughs> oh, oh, that was awesome. Oh, you weren't expecting that, but right when you took a sip. <laughs> oh, this is why we need a video podcast oh so people God. can see moments like that. Because Holman is doing the uh, uh. And Dude, you almost had Dr. Pepper come out of his, your tear ducts. His, his belly is bouncing, oh, and he's just getting into awesome. the song. Oh, oh man, I am embarrassed listen, to be us. Listen to you and your low-hanging fruit over there. That's what uh, she said. Yeah, she didn't, though. <laughs> Uh, not after you got in a ride in that truck. <laughs> oh, no. There were little tiny nuggets. Oh, man. We got this uh, one from Jason. He says, toolbox FAQs, you ask? We answer. So apparently it was an email that came out from Decked, 
and it says, check out our uh, toolbox uh, info you missed with our marketing guy, Greg. Greg? So Jason says, wait, so he's back to Greg now? What happened to Chopper? Chopper's dead. Yeah, Chopper's dead. Clearly. Chopper got the COVID. Um, (laughs) All right, so Nissan Frontier and the future of print. That's a damn long subject line from Jay. Callie Pompous, Lightning, and Holman. I don't think that's the way we want to start off an email. Um, I, I like it. I'm so it. despite the jingles, I've listened to every podcast to date. Wow, that's a lot. Ouch. He's just coming at us. I mean, you, yeah. Mostly because of the Nissan coverage, my wife and I are getting a Frontier Pro 4X with a Fender audio system just as soon as the dealer gets one in stock. All the reviews on it seem to be so good, and it'll fit our uses for a mid-sized truck. So far, you guys have cost me a couple of sets of Max tie-downs, Bilstein shocks, soon a pedal monster, and a Nissan Frontier. Sweet! All right, save that for Nissan because we got renewals coming up uh, not too long. This brings me to my other point. Doing research on this truck, one of the reviews I read was on the MT website written by Holman, Motor Trend, that is. Uh, So I read his review online a couple of weeks before I received my latest issue of Four Wheeler Magazine, in which the same review was printed, which is the advantage of being a subscriber if the same review and content is free online prior to the print version? Question mark? Uh, yeah, we've been doing that like seven or eight years now, dude. I don't know yeah. where you've been. Um, so he goes on to say, I prefer the hard copies to exactly. online content uh, since I can keep them for reference in the shop without fear of greasing up my phone or go. any need of Wi-Fi. I live in BFE with some pretty poor coverage. Anyway, keep mounting your parameters. Mounter, monitor, key, engine, parameters. And that is from Jason. So uh, what I will tell him is... Uh, We've done extensive uh, market research, as they say, and the crossover between our print audience and our web audience is actually uh, in the single-digit percentages. So there's not a lot of people like you who uh, read both, maybe stumble on it from time to time, but not like religiously. Um, and Isn't that weird? Like even – I would have said – Ten years ago, mm-hmm. you'd say that there was uh, a great disparity between the two, mm-hmm. but at some point, they'd have to merge, like the online guy and the and the magazine reader – they have to blend, but no. I'm, yeah, hmm. I mean, they're just different people. Like to his point, some people uh, don't have great internet. Some people just like reading it in a magazine. Um, but I mean, it's, it's not the same being on the toilet and looking through, your, flipping through your phone no, versus no. Like holding the magazine. Toilet, and, airplane, it's all the same. Yeah. Like uh, I prefer magazines. And listen, guys, you could help me out greatly. See, yeah. here's the, this is the thing that I uh, and I'll, this is gonna be my little. Uh, I don't talk about this stuff a lot on the show, but this will be my soapbox for a minute. Okay, hold on. I'm going to sit back and eat some uh, Famous Famous cookies as you tell your story. All right, so here's the deal. Everybody is like, dude, I I, I stopped getting the magazine for whatever reason, and I, I read it online. And then they come up to it at a show, and they're like, dude, I want a feature on the cover of your magazine. And you're like, really? The magazine is like 20 bucks a year. And it's good enough for you to beg me to put your truck in the magazine, but yet you won't support me by buying the magazine and being a subscriber. The best thing that you can do for me and my team is to subscribe to the, the print. And out of all the magazines, we used to have 69 magazines when I started at this company. We have three now. And they happen to be the three oldest in their categories. Motor Trend, which was the first hot rod I think Motor Trend's coming up on 75 years or something like that. Really? Uh, Hot Rod is uh, 60-something, and next year is Four Wheeler's 60th anniversary. And so people don't realize, Four Wheeler was the original off-road magazine. Uh, If you're into off-roading, if you're into that, here, let me tell you two things. Go online, grab a subscription, because that supports me and my team. 
And secondly, if you're not happy with the magazine or if there's something that you want to see, Sean underscore Holman at MotorTrend.com. There it is. There's my, my work email. S-E-A-N. Send me an email. I'd love to hear feedback, and I actually use emails I get in the things when I'm, I'm planning my content strategy for the year to get resources or to do some different things. I will use the feedback I get from you guys to do my strategy plan that gives up the chain and gets approved and all that stuff. So I want more subscribers. I want you guys to support Four Wheeler. All of our brands merged into MotorTrend.com because from scale and SEO, it wasn't worth having three websites, and we're bigger and we're better from an advertising perspective, and that's that's the truth of the of the way the world works now, unfortunately, because we've lost a little bit of our identity in the online stuff, and a lot of our stories are mixed in with MotorTrend stories, which is why you might read a story I wrote on MotorTrend and vice versa and all that, but the best way to support my guys and my team, subscribe to the magazine. Show, show us that you care, because I know there's a lot of you print guys out there who enjoy getting it every month and seeing what we're doing. We have, and we'll have Ken Brubaker on soon. Um, I think it's on sale at the end of December. Our February issue is the 60th anniversary. Dude, it's unbelievable. It's the thickest magazine we've done in like five or six years. The content's unbelievable. The guys went out and found a bunch of old contributors and editors and old, it's just amazing. Can I ask this woman about the, the print version? Yeah. Are there exclusives in the print version that don't exist yeah, elsewhere? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's there's definitely stuff and there's some stuff that we rewrite. It may not be an identical story. There's some things that we change because- So there are it, photos that are exclusive to the magazine that aren't online? Yeah, sometimes. And then you have, you know, SEO makes you write things really stupid online because that's what the search engine wants. It doesn't make sense in a magazine, so we have to rewrite some of that stuff or, you know, sometimes it's edited a little bit different. So it may be the same article. It's not always the exact same article. Um, I still think magazines do a good job of kind of being able to look at photos and things like that. I mean, it's just weird. To this day, it's still hard. I I'm I love photography and the iPhones are so good, but I still like holding a magazine and, and kind of staring. And, uh, you know, anyway, and I, I think the thing that chaps me is there's a lot of advertisers out there who want to be in the magazine, but then they don't buy ads. Or there's a lot of listeners who want well, their truck in the magazine, but then they don't subscribe to it. But it's it's about, it's indelible, right? It is forever. You can put it on your shelf and you can refer to it later. Yeah. Right? You put it on your coffee table, you put it on your shop, you know, on your, on your workbench. And if you are in a magazine, you will show your, your wife and your kids yeah. and your mom and, and everyone. And you'll get the plaque your on your wall. You'll get the plaque on your wall. And <clears throat> Dude, that plaque that people put on their wall that they, that they buy from one of the 10 companies <laughs> I'll chase no. you down is literally like 12 times the amount of a, of a one-year subscription. Like it's, just, it's almost 200 bucks. It, I, I know it's things. harder to find on the newsstand than it used to be just because of the way that distribution works and how some of the companies have merged and some of the big, you know, uh, like drugstores and retailers, their newsstand stuff has changed. Yeah, ownership, CVS like is where I used to get all my yeah. stuff. It sucks now. And, it, like, and it totally changed. And there's a, there's a whole business story behind that that I won't go into here. But uh, if you guys you know, want to see stuff or there's things that you don't think we do enough of, a lot of times it's just resources. And I can change the priority of this type of stuff my guys are doing based on what you guys want. So shoot me an email. You know what Let you should know. do? You, Holman, should bury an Easter egg in an ep- in an issue of Four Wheeler just for our audience. Mm-hmm. Tell them that's in an issue, yep. okay? And the person that emails us about it or maybe leaves a five-star hotline message will win a prize. What do you think about that? You can leave an like Easter egg. Sure. Let's do that in an upcoming let's, issue. Let's figure out what that looks like. Uh, another Nissan Frontier, this time from Justin Moyer. He says, hey, guys, happy belated Thanksgiving. I just listened to episode 203 and heard that y'all haven't seen many Frontiers in the wild yet. My girlfriend just bought a 2021 SV package, 
And I have to say, I love that little truck. It rides and drives amazing. It has all the power you could ask for it out, out of a midsize. The front end redesign looks really tough also. Overall, I'm really impressed with it. Holman is right. You're not wrong. You're just maybe less than right. No, no, no. Holman is right. No. That is one of the that most... That ain't true! Nope. That's not true! Nope. So get your facts straight. <laughs> and nope. I uh, repeat, Holman is right. You're a lying sack of s***. <laughs> no, right here. Holman is right. No. That is no. one of the most underrated trucks out there. I have attached a picture of her. Oh, damn it! I have attached <laughs> a picture of when she was buying it. Uh, he wants a Finnegan's Yeah, Buddy. Yeah, buddy. And in Everything Matters. Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. Yeah, it is underrated. I just liked uh, playing uh, those drops to make Holman look silly. But it backfired. And you look silly. Eye candy from Matt. Uh, so, seen this at the Hard Rock Casino. And see, he puts seen in parentheses. He's doing he knows, that for you. Yeah, knows it pisses me off. Yep. Seen this at the Hard Rock Casino in uh, Biloxi, uh, Mississippi. Not my truck, but I own two hard bodies. Just knew you guys would love it. So it's in a parking structure, and it's a hard body, and on the side, it's a stenciled drop dat hard body. <laughs> nice. It's a uh, it. slam, too. Look at that. In a parking structure. And, uh, it is. Looking, looking nice. All right, got one here from our buddy Dakota Black. Uh, says, surprise visit. Hey, Lightning and Holman, thought you two would laugh or cry for me at this picture. Guess who stopped by the shop yesterday? I don't know. Oh, the E-P mother effing A. E-P-A. Wow. He says, uh, and don't worry, no fines, but they noted a few things, and now I'm sure they'll be returning. Even if a shop isn't doing the deletes, having a deleted truck in the shop is now a huge liability. Oh, no, they did not. A, it says here, uh, our area historically has been a land of the free, quote unquote, kind of area in regards to emissions, as we do not test and deleted trucks roam free. Where's he again? Uh, he doesn't say. Says, uh, I personally do not care. I totally understand the desire to delete, and as I am the one working on these trucks on a daily basis. However, as a professional shop, we just can't be associated with it anymore, unfortunately. The potential for huge fines is too great, and small businesses already have so many hoops to jump through. RIP deleted trucks. Man, I'm telling you. So, Dude, they're coming. And right, here's, right. here's the deal it was manufacturers. Now they're moving on to make examples of shops, and you know what's next in that lineup? You. Owners. Yeah. We've so been at, telling you guys. At first, what we were hearing from, well, it wasn't directly from EPA or CARB in California, is that we don't have the manpower. We don't have the physical bodies to go out and bust individuals. So we're going to play whack-a-mole with the manufacturers of yeah. Delete Tunes and, and straight pipes and down pipes and all the stuff you need to get rid of your, you know, your emissions equipment on uh, you know, your DPF and your SCR and your DEF and all that stuff. But uh, listen, I hung out. At, at the race with all the with half our crew was from Texas and the other half was from California. Guess which half of the crew had deleted trucks? Uh, right? None of them, Lightning. Guess none, which, none of them, Lightning. Guess which half would like to have deleted <laughs> trucks and don't? You mean when you were in Mexico? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and these guys are like, nah, man, we live in Texas. I go, you mm, don't get it. Just, just wait. Uh, oh, it looks like Dakota had one last line here. He says, uh, love the latest episode of the of the year four-wheeler event. I'd love to hear more on the Wagoneer. Seemed like it got some great reviews. Anyway, five stars and hurry up with the next episode. Thanks, Dakota. Subject line, thanks for the advice, Holman from Lenny. That's where you hit the bell to congratulate yourself. No, I'll let you keep reading. Oh, okay. So it seems like many moons ago, I wrote in to ask how off-road capable my 2010 Ram 1500 could be. I took some of Holman's advice and then took it a little further. 
First, I did an actual cold air intake. No biggie. Pretty much everyone does that. Then I went for the Bilstein 5100s all around. Love them. Next, don't tell anyone, since my area doesn't require emissions testing, I hollowed out my cats and cut the tailpipes off right behind I the rear I did not axle. recommend that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that was found not some me. Fi- found some 15-inch wheels at a salvage yard and uh, some free BFG Mud Train TA cams, uh, 255-7015s uh, from my son-in-law. That's a pretty cool find. Uh, tires are a little small for my taste, but who's going to complain about free tires? No one is the answer. To increase clearance and improve approach and departure angles, I removed my side steps, front and rear bumpers, relocated the mounts from the side steps, and made them uh, temporary tube bumpers. Also cut the rear fenders off uh, from the lower body line in preparation for a high clearance bumper. Hopefully, the pictures I sent convey that properly. The bumpers are going to be replaced with much more thought-out square tubes, skid plates, and front and rear receiver hitches. All this was done, why, Holman? So I could make a trip to go wheeling with my brother's Jeep in North Carolina. We spent two That's days in, uh, how do you pronounce this? Is Uhari? Uhari National Forest? Uhari? Sure, yeah, I like Uhari. I don't, I'm, yeah, it's spelled U-W-H-A-R-R-I-E National Forest. I'm rather, my brother's group of four uh, Wranglers and my crew cab 5-7 Ram. All the guys were very surprised that I made it everywhere they did with only two minor issues. The first day I ended up bending a rear sway bar link. Day two, said link broke at some point. We didn't even notice it until we were swapping the tires from for the trip home. Now, neither of those are a big, uh, big deal. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good trip to me. Yeah. About halfway through the second day, uh, my mid-pipe separated from my Y-pipe. That was a good time. Altogether, it was a great trip, good fun, good food. And for my wife's first off-road trip, she got hooked. Awesome. Uh, thanks again for the tips and keep them coming. And that's from Lenny outside Nashville, Tennessee. Well, congratulations, uh, Lenny. You have uh, earned off-road credibility. <laughs> I've got this one here. Are you anointing off-road credibility? Uh, I am. Okay. I got this uh, email here from Constance.Bedard. It reads, Dear friend, I am Constance Bedard, professional estate lawyer, and I await a very urgent conversation with you on the tragic death of my client and his family in a car accident here in Togo. Today, the bank wanted to confiscate the inheritance of $14,530,000 that my client had deposited with the Ecoas Togo Bank. Since you have the same family, I need your cooperation to protect this heritage for our benefit. Greetings, Lawyer Constance Bedard. And what's funny about this is all that is written on a picture. Uh, let me see that. <laughs> it's like a JPEG. So of Yeah, course, that is a bad font. On a photo. And that was to the uh, Truck Show podcast account, so okay. naturally I responded. Oh, you did? Yeah. On yeah. our behalf. On our behalf. Okay. Uh, and I said- So this is totally, this is legit, this 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 request. Uh, I'm thinking it is, so I wanted to um, wanted to show my excitement and my exuberance for the uh, communication. Okay. So I wrote, uh, OMG, this sounds like an amazing opportunity. Where do I send the money and how much can I send? No amount <laughs> is too great. I've spent my entire life protecting family legacies. How did you know to reach out at the exact moment I got my inheritance checks from my billionaire uncle? Please respond urgently and let me know how to proceed. Thank you and God bless. <laughs> so I, this is going to listen. If they write us back, uh-huh. I'm reading this in every inbox until it ends. Okay. And listen, uh, if you guys uh, have uh, ever 
written some of these uh, Nigerian uh, princes' uh, emails back. Uh-huh. You, I know they have stories. Six, Sh- six share five, them. Yeah, 657 205 6105, or of course, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com because uh, we want to hear the funnies in your inbox. Yeah, leave them with us. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Hotline. Speaking of which, should we get into the five star hotline or do you want to tell whatever the, your mystery story is? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll tell my mystery story and then we can get into the five star hotline. We could end on a high note, which is. People telling their stories, which okay. is better than our stories. Uh, I also have a listener story. Um, you weren't the only one who took a field trip to uh, see a listener. I did also, and I've got this little audio here. All right, this is Holman. I uh, found my way to Camarillo, California, and I'm standing in the uh, garage of uh, Brandon Naves. And why am I here? I'm going to do a little work on your flat fender for your GPW. So nice. you uh, reached out to me on social and... Uh, listen to the podcast, we're like, hey, I heard you got this old uh, GPW, I got some new toys, I build uh, KOH and Ultra 4 cars, I go racing, and I, I need something to practice on with my new stuff That uh, before I start building the car, and uh, you offered to uh, to build a roll bar for me. Yeah, you know, nothing like testing my stuff out on your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I, I did my due diligence, and I went through, and uh, I looked at your Instagram, and, and, and looked you up, and... Um, I'm going to tell you right now, your welds are probably some of the most beautiful welds, and they, they definitely don't deserve to be on an 80-year-old GPW that, I mean, let's face it, you saw it on the trailer, you've seen pictures of it, you follow it, you know it. How bad is it in real life? It's, uh, it's fairly clapped out looking <laughs> <laughs> and sounding. Yeah, so uh, it, it probably took four or five minutes. Cool today, it's a little rainy in the air, so the, uh, the engine's super grumpy, lots of backfires. I'm super pumped that he was just su- brutally honest. No, I mean, I think... Um, <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's pretty clapped out. <laughs> if, if, if we're being honest, uh, I, I hope we're, we're honest people on the show. I think when I pulled up in front of his house, he kind of thought, oh, oh crap. No. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think there was a moment of hesitation. Uh, it backed up your driveway, which is fairly steep, so I'm, I'm happy it did that. So, yeah, so what's the plan for this thing? So we're going to rip the old roll bar out and uh, build a new one that matches your new windshield a little bit lower, a little bit sleeker, let you open up your toolboxes in the back. So this thing had a uh, what's called an Arctic top. So anybody who's a, a flat fender aficionado knows that Arctic top was sort of the, the hard top manufacturer back in the day. And it required you to have an upright windshield. Uh, they had doors for them and, of course, the hard top itself. So... I think the Arctic top I had for this wasn't exactly for this vehicle, so my uncle had modified the original windshield, uh, moved the pivot point forward, and then it has a super upright roll bar with like cutouts for the uh, the structure on the hardtop, so the hardtop could go to the roll bar. And we got the 3B windshield, so those of you guys who love flatties, mine's a GPW. I took a windshield frame, I found new old stock, uh, 3B windshield frame, and a 3B is the high hood. Those are the really ugly ones. Uh, almost as ugly as this one, but but uh, ugly when they were new. Also charming. Anyway, uh, because they have a higher hood than all the other flat fenders, they have a squattier, shorter windshield. And so when you put that shorter windshield on a low hood flat fender, it gives it sort of that chopped look and a little bit more rake and kind of a little bit more squatty and cool looking. So I did that and I realized the roll bar was all wrong. So Brandon uh, said that he would uh, he would fix that for me. So I'm pretty stoked. This is the uh, the first place I've taken uh, the Odd Ford. Uh, you can follow on Instagram at Odd Ford since I got it. And so uh, 
literally just met you on Instagram and uh, I'm, I, I gave you money and I gave you my vehicle. And this is like my, my family heirloom sitting in your garage in Camarillo, which is about an hour and a half north of where I live. Yeah, so if anybody wants to put in some bids, you know, I got, I got a, new, <laughs> a new one on the block for you. Or if you want to Venmo me uh, some money to help me cover this, it's I believe my Venmo and PayPal are both uh, Sean P. Holman at Mac.com. So uh, you can always hit me up that way and if you take pity on me in this Christmas season. But in all seriousness, uh, dude, I really appreciate it. Um, this is – it's a big deal. Like I brought it home. I forgot how crusty it was. And then I started tinkering with it and I'm like, oh, it's all right, where do we start? So when you DM me and, and said, hey, let's uh, get it over here. I'll, I'll get your, uh, your roll bar together. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was super cool. So I uh, appreciate it. We made it happen. Just dropped it off. Um, and by the way, uh, I, I pulled it. Uh, our Gym Glow trailer. I know Lightning, you're looking for a, a Gym Glow right now. Uh, towed our work Gym Glow with our TRX. And uh, dude, I, I, I couldn't have been riding zebra back in my skivvies on the 405 and got as much attention as a old GPW on an aluminum trailer being towed by a TRX. It was it was pretty awesome coming up here. You uh, you like my my tow rig setup today? Oh man, uh, I you know I wouldn't mind trading you. I got the old uh, Chevy truck over there. Yeah, yeah, that's sure. I'll, can I think about it? No, no, we got to do it right now. <laughs> yeah, I got to get home. So, uh, all right, I'm going to leave you the keys. Uh, I left them in the ignition for you. Uh, it's got enough gas if you need to move it around. And uh, can you just do me a favor? Can we get it done faster than the five years that my F100 has been at Banks? Yeah, you know, I think I could get it done a little bit faster than Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, if uh, Lightning, this is a challenge. If you can get my F100 done before branding can get my, uh, my GPW done, I will. Uh, I will give you my GPW. Wow. Oh my god! <laughs> you gonna take that bet? Oh my god! <laughs> you take that? I, didn't think I so. mean, I don't want the GPW, <laughs> but I think it would be awesome to you have pr- it. You, yeah, you'd probably uh, put something in it and then just give it to Gail. Heyo! <laughs> it shows you the confidence I have in you. So don't don't fail me. All right, Lightning. I'll take some bids too. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh i gotta get back down the freeway and get some real work done today but again dude i, I appreciate you reaching out and and thanks for uh, putting some love into this because uh the plan is uh get it ready by may for easter jeep safari so after the roll bar it's got to get new seats gotta get the bumper kind of fixed up new shock suspension uh and uh, a few other little things but i think at that point it'll be ready to go so this will be you know a, a I'll feel confident that, hey, it looks cool, but if I flop it, which I probably will because, let's face it, that sort of happens some from time to time on these things, uh, I'll be safe. So I appreciate you uh, taking into consideration my uh, my very valuable life. Yeah, no problem. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a fun little project. All right. If people want to follow you on Instagram, what's your uh, Instagram handle? Uh, weld underscore fiend, F-I-E-N-D. And check it out because he's got some just really, really beautiful stuff on his uh, on his Instagram. And those of you guys out there who love the weld, uh, check him out. And uh, all right, I'm out of here. So Holman, explain uh, what he's going to be doing. I mean, obviously you said roll cage, but where where does it, just, where are the mount just the roll bars? I know, but it's it's it'll just be uh, to replace the one. So basically, because I had an upright windshield, I also have an upright uh, roll bar on it that sticks out way above above the top of the windshield. And it was all done to accommodate this metal hard top that you could get and put it on top. So it wasn't about style or anything like that. I'm going to be running it with just hopefully like a best top bikini top, and that's it. So basically, the the issue was that will, um, there, will, will there be a um, that X behind? I've seen a lot of those where it's an X no, behind the back seat. No, it, it'll just be it'll be like an old school style hoop 
with a couple cross braces in the back going to the back corners. But there's a couple challenges with that. Um, well, no, so number one, I'm no longer going to have an upright windshield. With the 3B windshield, it's laid back at 15 degrees or whatever the, the standard Jeep was. So we're going to lay back the roll bar a little bit. Uh, we're going to move it up closer to the seats a little bit too, just so it's not so far back and straight because it just looks like a really shallow triangle. So we'll move it up, uh, and then we'll do cool crossbars that go and tie into the back. But the challenge is on mine, I've it's a GPW, so the MBs and the GPWs have toolboxes in the rear corners. And right now, the way that the roll bar that's in it is, uh, you can't open the lids fully because they hit mm. the roll bar. So Brandon's challenge is I, I want him to kind of, I think we're going to do 1.75 because I think two inches too big for the flat fenders visually. Do 1.75. I think we're going to bump it out from the sides a little bit. So if I do flop it, it ends up on the roll bar itself. and not- So you're going to come out from the out from the body and yeah, up. I think right. so. Yeah, just, okay. just a little bit. Just, well, like three inches or so? Not Probably not even that much. Just a nice little gentle curve that kind of pops out a little bit. And then there'll be the bars that angle back. And hopefully, they'll probably angle back and then drop down so that I can still access the toolboxes in the back. Because they're a great place to put like the winch controller and right. tools and all that kind of stuff. They they you know they still work and, and all that. So um, what, what, what do you think about to getting those uh, ADA uh, um, handles in bathrooms and just putting a set of those, set of those uh, so they, they long ha- stainless steel bathroom well, handles it's funny put them right on the sides? Because they have those, except they're not stainless <laughs> steel, but they're uh, handles for the corner and the sides okay. because uh, four army guys could pick it up off the handles and move them. Really? Yeah. So you can get those. Uh, people use them to protect the body if you bounce up against something. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be funny. I mean, it's this old like stick welded, booger welded, ranchy, raunchy, ranchy. Just like there's still rat turds in it that were getting washed out in the rain as I was towing it up there. I I think Brandon's like, oh yeah, bad bad life decision. But <laughs> he, he, he was offer? committed. Did he hit you or you hit him? No, he hit me up. He said, hey, I, I listened to the podcast. That was a mistake, Brandon. That's what I'm saying. He's he needs to rethink his life choices. So he <laughs> he literally hit me up. He said, hey, I listened to the podcast uh-huh. and I'd love to help you do some welding on it. I just got some a hydraulic tube bender with 1.75 and two inch dies. I'm going to build my race car here pretty soon, and I want to just practice with the tube bender. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll build your roll cage for you or your roll bar for you. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that would be awesome. Yeah, so, hey, uh, Brandon. Yeah, hey, Brandon. You don't want to be that guy. Nobody wants to be that guy. <laughs> you don't want to be that guy making that thing on his on his thing. Dude, it's going to be his artwork on uh, on the uh, GPW, and it's great because it's Talk about be... polishing a turd. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> going to be a turd with diamonds on it. Dude, go to weld underscore fiend uh-huh. on Instagram. Check out his welds, dude. They are, they are beautiful. You drove away, and he said, Those are losers, baby. You don't want nothing to do with those. <laughs> no, I drove away, and he goes, hey, can I hear the exhaust on the TRX? So I pulled uh, away the empty trailer, and I just romped on it. Dude, I just- I, wait, I was, did, you, did you do it in the uh, launch launch control? No, but I just I just romped on it. But I saw him standing longingly in the middle of the street as the uh, you know the uh, trailer on the uh, TRX probably leaped, you know, leapt <laughs> off the ground as I uh, crawled forward. It was, it was awesome. I'm like, dude, it's really loud. He goes, I want to hear it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Didn't take much to, uh, to let him have it. No. So uh, he, uh, he got a little, uh, a little show on the, on the, out, you know, on me leaving town. But anyway, uh, super cool guy, listens to the show. He, uh, I, I oh, yeah, a truck show podcast, bringing people together. Dude, I love it, right? You got to go desert racing. I'm, I I've got a guy who's doing some work on my, uh, on my uh, flat fender. Uh, it's it's all good, man. All right. On that note, with bringing people together, let's uh, bring the listener stories together by listening to some five star hotlines. Oh, come on and be part of the show. Call the five star hotline six five seven two zero five six one zero five. It's the five star hotline. 
Hey guys, uh, big fan of your show. I'm calling you about the car cover. So I'm actually calling and uh, I'm not looking for a car cover for myself. I'm looking one for my neighbor. Um, he's got a Ram 2500. It's lifted. Uh, it's, a, it's a tow rig. He tows stuff and does stuff. I don't know if he actually off-roads. Um, but anyways, uh, don't know the guy. He has a car cover on his truck. He has a, a cover on his truck and it never stays on. It's not big enough for his truck. Um, it's always popping off. Uh, I see him having to buff his uh, truck every single time he comes off. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a hot mess, and he needs a new one. He needs a, the right one. So, uh, yeah, um, my name's Kenny. Um, hit me up on uh, social freedom period. Uh, uh, if you're interested in uh, supporting my neighbor, thanks. I love everything you guys do. Bye. Oh, thank well, you for the, uh, nice Danny. the compliments. Yep, and uh, that's super cool. He's trying to get his neighbor yeah. hooked up. I mean, I think you get extra bonus points, right? All right, Let's, for being uh, selfless. Yeah, yeah. Hi, this is Edward Lopez. I'm calling to get pricing for running ads on your podcast. If you could please call me back, <laughs> my phone number is three one zero. I don't so. I don't think so. Lightning. Let's let's uh, we'll no. just uh, delete that one. What's going on, gentlemen? I was hoping to put in my little story with hopes of winning one of those California car covers. I'm a relatively new listener. I actually called the other day because back in episode 61, y'all got me with the April Fool static. <laughs> I thought my speakers were blown in my truck, and uh, I just want to tell you, you're still getting people, and that was hilarious. Uh, but after doing so, I skipped ahead to episode 205, in case maybe y'all threw it on the show, and I heard about this car cover, and I'm honestly really interested, and I may buy one even if I don't win one, uh, but I wanted to shoot my shot. So here it is. I have a 95 Ford Bronco uh, that I actually purchased for my wife, who always wanted one. Uh, she drove it back and forth to work for about a year um, until she was pregnant, and uh, we decided to get her a forerunner, a little safer. Uh, but I sold my uh, 03 Silverado uh, 1500 HD with the 604L80, to keep the Bronco. I got it fixed up pretty nice now, a new paint job, leveling kit, and some uh, 33s on it, and very proud of it. Uh, lately, though, it has been sitting in the driveway as gas prices are just crazy, and my 100-mile-a-day commute has led me to buy a 92 Toyota pickup with a 22RE and a 5-speed manual. So I'm shifting gears in that little rig right now. And I was thinking about how nice it would be to have a car cover. It's currently raining, and I'd love to have one. Uh, a little bit more on the Bronco. I believe we conceived our five-month-old daughter in it on Halloween last year. <laughs> so it's not sweet the deal at all. That's why I wanted to keep it. You know, I hope maybe my daughter will be able to drive it one day. So we're going to try to keep it nice for I really appreciate y'all. And five stars. Take care. So I think we conceived my daughter in the Bronco, <laughs> which, which means there's other possible locations. <laughs> Lightning rod and hole shot. Sub dude, this is uh, Rich, all the way up in Hollister. Uh, just calling in to uh, put my two cents in. My name in the old uh, hat for the car cover. I'd like to nominate my son's car. He is 1975 Ranchero. That was my dad's. Uh, it's all original. My dad, the photo I sent to you guys earlier, um, shows him standing in front of his car. It looks like a like a later version of uh, the Fawn. Uh, I'd like to nominate him. 
for that car cover. Of course, I'd like a car cover for my uh, 72 High Boy, but it's not about me. It's about Eli. So I nominate him. I say he deserves the five stars and uh, the car cover. He's got a 4.0 GPA as a senior in high school. He got accepted into BYU already, and he's not even done with uh, half the senior year yet. He's a four-year scholar athlete on the varsity cross-country team, track team. He is, uh, man, I don't want to freaking break up here, but I mean, geez, I'm super proud of him. So I nominate his 1975 Ranchero 500 that he has dubbed Hutch for that car cover. You guys freaking rock. It's uh, the one podcast over anything else that I just absolutely love. Um, you guys kind of feel like friends and family to me. Appreciate it. Um, you know, of course, how many years I've been um, a fan of Lightning. But, it's, you know, just just appreciate you both. Um, appreciate the friendship. I appreciate the free funny. Uh, appreciate the podcast. And um, hope you guys have a wonderful day, a wonderful afternoon, a wonderful evening. Get some In-N-Out Burger. Five stars as always, as it should be, and uh, mount all those parameters and uh, do what you do best. Love you guys. Peace out. Master monitor key engine parameters. It's everybody, uh, Rich up in Hollister. He's a good dude. He's always on our socials and uh, interacts with the show all the time, and uh, just a solid dude. He does. Uh, He's like, I think he's a general contractor, so he, he has offered to both of us if we uh, need any advice on that kind of stuff, he's uh, he can happy to help us out. Wish I would have known that he was a listener uh, before I mangled my house. <laughs> <laughs> what, did you, what did you do now? No, nothing. I mean, just when I when I did the uh, the remodel. Well, I mean, I hired a, a guy. Was there a full remodel? Was the kitchen? Remember when I did yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. The and I good. remember how much work yeah, I ended no, up doing. I know. I told you about that. Yeah. I'm like, why are you the guy doing that? You paid the other guy, and he's telling you, how, yeah, yeah, it was weird. Anyway, your kitchen's done. Hey, yeah. you remodeled your driveway too. We never talked about that. So what is it? Uh, well, do we want to play more? Yeah, but but now I'm on this track for a moment. Okay, uh, lemon so, car went away. Mercedes Benz. Uh, yeah, uh, so, did you? Uh, so uh, the wife spent way too much money on a yeah. on a, a GLE fifty five AMG and AMG. Did, didn't yeah. tell you. You came home one day. Came home one day and she said, cars. "Oh, I've got a car that you really love to drive." That was you know she's trying to butter me up, right? Yeah. She's like, "Yeah, I love AMG cars, but not, not for that price." Yeah, yeah, because I know what I make. Right? No, I know <laughs> it ain't that much. Uh-huh. And so uh, the Mercedes apparently knew. I think allegedly, I think they knew that that model has an issue because we test drove a couple others and they also did the same thing. Had a weird clunk. It's the first year of a mild hybrid in that car and something really weird going on there. Anyway, so Mercedes bought it back. I mean, without any issues. Like, they didn't give us a hard time. They just bought it right back. And so the wife went on looking around and I didn't know what she was going to get and she came home with, I mean... I'll give you three guesses. Uh, another Mercedes. Nope. Okay, okay, all right. Came home with, I need a clue. I. It's not an SUV. It's black. It is black. As I've heard. It is murdered out. Uh-huh. Everything From is From the factory? Mostly. 80%. There were some very minor things. Did it's, you help her murder it out, or did uh, she come that yes, way? Yes, I did the wheels. Uh-huh. The wheels had uh, the faces. Is it the, new? It machined, yeah, 21. Machined faces on the wheels, so we uh-huh. blacked that yeah. out. Just we just powdered all of them. Our buddy Sean, uh-huh. dude, we got to talk to our buddy Sean. He bought a powder coat shop. Well, I need him. Yes. When, when did that happen? Uh, six months ago. I literally raw powder coating in Long Beach. No, I literally need him. They do Cerakote no, as well. No, 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 I need him right now. 
Okay, call him. Does he sandblast another Do you want to call him right now and talk to him? <laughs> Should we? Yeah. <laughs> We're to- this is totally. Uh, it's a little off the wall, all but right. so what? Okay. Plug in and call him. It's late. He does go to bed early. works for the port. But he might see your number and recognize it and pick up. Well, he, he might know that we're, you know, doing this. I don't know. We'll right, see. Let's see. Raw powder coating in Long Beach. It's a small shop, but they do, it's 99% automotive. I assume you need automotive, right? Uh, yeah, Lightning. Well, no. I mean, you're just like, no, I put a big dent in my washer and dryer. I need to have a repowder coated. They- I'm not going to repowder coat a washer and dryer. Those are enameled, by the way. Oh, yeah. They- oh, yeah. Good point. See if he picks up. I told him I need more toilet paper. He's got a little little kid and a wife. This is at night, by the way. Yeah, like mm. like normal. Hmm. Oh, we'll leave him a message. Okay. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Five six eight eight is not available. At the tone, please record your message. You can leave it. When finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Sean, it's Sean. Holman, I need more toilet paper. <laughs> no, no, that's not why I'm calling. Hey, you're calling. Hey, we're doing the podcast right now, and Lighting just said you bought a powder coat shop. I literally need you right now. I have some stuff that has to get powder coated, and I hate the powder coat shop that's by me, and I don't want to give them my business, and I've literally not been doing the powder coat stuff because I don't know who to go to. Now, well, now you do. It's raw powder coating in Long Beach. All right, so I was calling you because I need to figure out what you're going to overcharge me by knowing lightning. <laughs> Listen to the show and call us back because uh, I need powder coat ser- uh, services. All right, bye. And toilet paper. You don't need toilet paper. <laughs> I still have from that cube I bought from him, uh-huh. that big crate. I still have probably like 20 rolls. Oh so it was like recently when they did the supply shortage, they're like, everything in the grocery store, paper products gone. I'm like, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what we didn't do, Holman, before we play this last call? Five stars. Five oh, no. Five stars. <laughs> five, stars. Five, 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 five stars. Five stars. Right back at you, brother. Oh, that oh, was that pretty was good, close. Right? That it was, was right there. It wasn't dead on, but it was close. Uh, I mean, well, that was a that was a B plus. Hey, not knowing that we were going to do that, I think that's okay. Yeah, you know, not not, right. not not bad at all. All right. Hi guys, Chris Quill, old trucks work on Instagram. I've got two options for you for your car cover giveaway. The first is my 1966 one ton crew cab power wagon, factory Braden winch on the front of it. It's old. It lives outside. It needs a cover. Its name is Bob. <laughs> Bob, the truck is named after my wife's Love it. Um, wonderful grandfather who we lost a number of years ago. Dude was a mechanical genius and loved all things machinery, especially old trucks. By the way, his delivery is so, fantastic. It's it's just like a Dirty Jobs. I, I want to, Mike Rowe, I want to listen to him tell stories about old trucks. And in fact, if you go to Old Trucks Work on Instagram, it's actually a really cool page. And it's just, if you like this show, you'll like that. So uh, you keep Hey, going. Chris, do me a favor, uh, this lightning. Will you send us an email? I want you to talk into the voice notes on your phone. And give us a couple of reads of the Truck Show podcast. You're but, listening, but not like that. You don't want creepy sexual. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. So you know, just whatever your read is, and then email them to truckshowpodcast.gmail.com as WAV files or MP3s or whatever you want. I love the. Uh, you've got the delivery. And the second is my 1969 three quarter ton truck that my son owns. He's 21 now, but he acquired the truck at 18, or excuse me, at 14, and by 18 he had converted it to three quarter ton four wheel drive started out as a two-by-four, 
welded in new floor pans, welded in replacement rocker panels, got the engine running, converted it to automatic from manual. It's probably the only 1969 automatic four-wheel drive truck with a divorce transfer case. Both trucks live outside. Both trucks need a car cover. I have a shop, but shops are for tools and my 1969 Firebird. Give us a car cover. Thanks, guys. Oh, and Lightning, I saw one of those electronic license plates up here in Washington State the other day from driving up from California, obviously. And they're just as ugly in person <laughs> as they are on the website. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good content. Talk to you later. Bye. Damn, his delivery is uh, good. Again, that's Chris at uh, Old Trucks Works on uh, Instagram. Uh, it's just a bunch of man content. It's uh, like old Dodges and, uh, and like meat cooking. And like <laughs> like animal paws in the forest, and just like like if you're a dude, you'll like it. So uh, give uh, give Chris a follow, help him. I think he has like 300 uh, followers. Like let's let's hook a brother up. All right, go go like his page. He's a, he's a cool dude. All right, and if uh, you guys want to win that California car cover, the custom one that is, it's your last opportunity. Uh, yep, you need to call the five star hotline. Five star. Five star. Five star. Six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five, and if you can't remember the number, it's simple. Just go to our Instagram at Truck Show Podcast, and in our bio, there's a call button. Can I uh, point out that uh, all the dads that called and uh, selflessly uh, nominated their kids' vehicles? Bunch of proud dads. You guys are what's right with America. That you guys, you guys could all say, I, "I'll do it for myself," but you wanted to pump up the, your your boys, and, uh, and we need more of that. So. Uh, that's, uh, that's weighing heavily in this judge's, uh, you know, waiting uh, criteria. Anyway, Your waiting criteria. <laughs> the, the 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 weightiness of my vote. Uh-huh. It's two to one with lightning. Hey, okay. listen, six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. Win a car cover. Like help a help a brother out. Tell a story. We like stories. Oh, we had a second. We had a, what's our runner up prize? Uh, oh, the a, California car duster. Car duster. Well. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, I think that's a pretty good show, right? In episode no, two hundred six. Wow! 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 Time out, buddy. Why? We have Aaron Kaufman. Uh, let's do it as the Easter egg at the end. What do you mean? After the whole show is over? Absolutely. We've never done that before. I know. Aaron's going to end the show for us. Really? Because we don't do a good job of it, so let's have him do it for us. All right. All right, well, this has been the Truck Show Podcast. Before the Truck Show Podcast is really over, we're saying it's over, but it's a secret ending that doesn't really exist. What? Now it's not secret. <laughs> the Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. Hey, that's uh, at LBC Lightning over there. I am at Sean P. Holman. We are at Truck Show Podcast. Give us a follow. Find out what we're up to. Uh, listen, follow at Four Wheeler Mag if you uh, if you love the magazine. Subscribe. Do all those good things. Perfect time for the holidays. You can go to the Motor Trend store. Find some Truck Show Podcast swag. Up here they got uh, T-shirts and mugs and things like that with the Truck Show Podcast logo. You could uh, they'd be perfect for stocking stuffers and will help support the, pro- the podcast. You know what else is perfect for a stocking stuffer? A Nissan Titan. That's a big stocking. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, I think a Nissan Frontier might fit better. Oh, you think so? Yeah, just because it's smaller. Get the get the extra 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 large. Stocking. How many stockings would you have to sew together to get around a Frontier? Uh, a lot. Like 180 of them. How about them? a Titan XD? Forget it. I wonder if they will make a Christmas model that is, the whole interior is done up in uh, stockings. I No, that would be dumb. Oh. 
Okay, then don't, then don't do that. Instead, oh no, it knitted like a sweater, like a bad Christmas <laughs> that's sweater. Also, that's also dumb. All right, so instead of uh, uh, designing your interiors with New ideas, with Christmas sweater upholstery, with, uh, ideas from Lightning and I, instead, uh, just uh, do what you're doing because you're successful doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, NissanUSA.com. You can go down to your local dealer. You can build and price online. You can check them out. Listen, Nissan Titan, Titan XD, five year, hundred thousand mile warranty. A lot of value in that truck. Hardworking, dependable trucks that are built for you, built to last, super underrated. Go check out the new Frontier. You're going to love it. Holman, I have a question, though, in all seriousness, yeah. though. How do you combat pedal lag? Uh, I just buy a new car. That's not really the answer I was going for. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> for those of us that aren't spoiled enough to be able to buy a new car oh. just to get rid of pedal lag. Oh. Uh, I uh, would. You shouldn't have to think that hard. I set you up to just, it's oh, like a T-ball. I just, oh, it's this right is, there. This is that thing about that thing you can plug into your truck that your people make, right? You want it's, that for an answer? I think so. I pedal think Monster, everybody. Yes. Hey, <laughs> get a Pedal Monster from BigsPower.com. You can eliminate pedal lag. And so on today's turbocharged vehicles and even some of the high-performance gas vehicles and the diesels, check it out. Most manufacturers artificially deaden your pedal. They do that because they don't want you burning out of stoplights because there's Let's face it, a lot of power today, a lot of torque today, and they want to get good fuel economy, which you're not going to get if you're going from stoplight to stoplight. It's called throttle enrichment delay, and they don't like to talk about it. There you go. And uh, the Banks Pedal Monster has 30 settings that will allow you to dial in the setting to make that pedal exactly how you want so you get instant gratification. It's just like the olden days, right, where you used to have a throttle cable attached from your pedal to, like, your butterfly. Mm -hmm. It makes it feel like that. So if you miss the way old trucks drive, then you need to check out a Pedal Monster for your new truck. Bankspower.com is where you can find one for any, almost any vehicle you drive. All right. Uh, so we didn't figure out what what vehicle your wife got. We ended the show and we still don't know. How did we How did we get into the ending of the show without, how did we interrupt I, that story? I, I don't know. We went on a tangent. I just realized the answer still hasn't been given. Oh, my God. All right. So you You said, didn't give me any guesses. Well, you didn't give me any clues. You said it was black. I said it was black and I said it wasn't an SUV. All right. There's one. It's, it's not an SUV. Yeah. Does it have enough seats for the whole family? Yes. And something else. Uh, it's okay. It's German. And it's not a Benz. Nope. Ooh. Yeah. She got a Beamer? Yeah. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Five series? No. Three? Yeah. Ooh. I know. Really? Yeah. It's a reaction. <laughs> you, I, well, you I, have a BMW in your house now? You got a big, ugly grill. You have to walk out every single day and go, and then you walk on by. It's okay. It just was weird. I'm like, she bought a 330i. That's like the that's like the Volkswagen Jetta of, of today, BMWs. Of BMWs. I know. That is like every girl who would have had a Volkswagen Jetta when we were in high school. Three series is what they're what they have now. I don't know. I can't even. I don't know why. She just that's she's like oh, I want it murdered out and I want it. it it's it was. She wanted something smaller. She wanted something dude, gutless. Dude, dude. <laughs> oh, hold on a second. Wait, I, I'm going gonna, gonna to rescind that. I'm going to rescind that. So it's a two-liter turbo, and I will say it scoots. Okay, so okay. I was wait, surprised. Wait. I drove it, listen, and it scoots. But listen, can I just? A, it's a freaking tin can. Can, can we have honest? It's a tin, yeah, we are being honest. I just called it a tin can. Can we have honest time? Yeah. You dodged a bullet, dude. 
I did dodge a bullet. You, mean, <laughs> you dodged a big bullet. Oh, yeah. It's, it's less than half the price of the other Not car. only that, but insurance, all that stuff. It's all Gas, lower. all that. Oh, it's all lower. Yeah. yeah. So congratulations. But it's just weird. You know, I mean, to me, I look out, it, it's it's a, it's a literally murdered out. I blacked out everything. Uh-huh. And she went and got limo in the back. To, like, uh-huh. it's like, it, it's, I just didn't see her in that. It looked, to me, it looks like a 28-year-old dude's yeah. car. Yeah. It doesn't look Who's like. Who's wearing a visor and mirrored sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, you know. A, and vapes. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It doesn't look like no offense to anyone listening to the podcast who wears a visor, <laughs> mirrored sunglasses, and base. I, I'm not aiming that at you. Uh-huh. What specifically. if that, what if my wife looked like that? <laughs> no, I but she wife. doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't. Ah, just weird. I don't see her in that. It's strange. All right. Well, that was not the answer I was hoping for or expecting. <laughs> so uh, why don't uh, we uh, end the show with Aaron? Yeah. All right. Well, so I ran into Aaron Coffin. I, I looked across the way when we were. In staging, uh, where were we? I don't know. We were downtown Las Vegas hanging out just after we- uh, Oh, we like went contingency. To, contingency, the tech inspection and all that good stuff. And I look over and there's Aaron Kaufman. Aaron, it's been a minute. Lightning, Truck Show Podcast. Hey, how are you, man? What's going on, buddy? Yeah, it's going on. What are you doing? Uh, just checking out everything here at the Mint. Wow, he sounded really excited to, uh, to see you. Uh, I'm not, I mean, some people are. Maybe he's like, somebody remembers me since I left TV. <laughs> Checking out everything here at the Mint. So, uh, here with Faster and Motul and, uh, you know, Adam. And so we've, we've got this brand spanking new Razor. And so we're going to go flog the snot out of it tomorrow and, and see what we can get done. We're in the, uh, NA rally, you know, the, the UTV rally class. And so... The car is all bolt-ons, narrow track. I mean, it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty close to as delivered. It's on 32s, and so we're. Uh, I'm running first lap tomorrow, and then uh, the guys are picking up second and third lap, and then we'll see how see how everything shakes out tomorrow. Hey, uh, we're assuming that everyone knows who Aaron Kaufman is. Do you guys? You know, no, from, right? From, yeah, from Fast Gas and, Monkey, Fast and, and Loud, yeah, yeah, Gas yeah, Monkey Garage. Yeah, 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 he was the guy that when he left. Uh, Richard Rawlings went into a spiral because he didn't know how to build cars. Right. Right. And then, uh, and then he, he tried to do a couple of his own shows and then he went and raced Pikes Peak and got the bug for that and was the F100 guy for a while and apparently isn't the F100 guy anymore because I think he sold everything and he's moving to the mountains so well, he can go race. Why don't you just keep listening? Okay. That's it. So this is my first time to race the Mint 400. I couldn't be more excited. I, I don't recall. Yeah, I walked up thinking, I don't remember seeing his name ever on the roster at the Mint. Yeah, no, not at the Mint. I've, I've not I've not raced this one. I mean, it's like I haven't done the Vegas Arena. I haven't done a lot of the American races. But it's like, you know, going to Mexico and some of the other things we've done, you know, Hammers and some of the other off-road stuff, just never made it to Mint. And uh, I'm happy to be here or excited about it. How much time do you have in the seat of a side-by-side? Oh, I mean, like I mean, it's all the same, but it's just smaller. Yeah, well, I I, I disagree. I think that I think UTVs are in themselves are all particularly different, right? I think they all have their own personalities, and it's like the uh, I've got a bit more time in the uh, what are they called the Wildcats? Uh, I don't know what that is. The Articats. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And so what ultimately became like the evolution of the speed cars, and so I've got a little more time in those than I do in the in the Razors. And the as far as I'm concerned, like the Razor is like the baseline, like it. it is what everything else is built off of, right? You know what I mean? Well, isn't it sad though that like the Yamaha Rhino is what kind of started it all, like oh, back in the day? Yeah. Well, well just... are you sure he's not the Honda Odyssey? Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, you know, touche. so it depends on how far you want to go, right? But but ultimately, oh, the Odyssey. Yeah. Oh, so sad. <laughs> Somewhere between a UTV and a go kart, uh-huh. right? But like. 
This is their Odyssey was Polestar, wasn't it? I believe it was, yeah. and no, and like like no rear suspension or right. like you know, it was, it was an awful little vehicle. But like the talons come a long way. But we're driving a Razor tomorrow. It's almost so Adam built it, and it's uh, almost completely stock. It's got the appropriate safety needs. But like we're running a factory gas tank in it. Um, it's like it's got safety you know uh, modifications on it. But this is pretty much an out of the box Razor. And so uh, a couple of the guys are wheelman, and then there's myself, and uh, and so we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens tomorrow, and. Uh, my job is to not wreck it first and and, uh, and set the pace, you know. It's like uh, I, I didn't ever really believe they were going to hand me the keys to a Class 1 or a trophy truck, so I'll take the Razor. I have a feeling someone will. Yeah. You're a really good driver. I've, been, I've sat for, what, one lap in Vegas at the Speedway out oh, here a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, that's, that's been a few and you years. And you were getting some air. Yeah, we, we like to have a good time, you know. And so we'll have as much a good time as we can tomorrow. But it's like, you know, I'm on a team here, and the team has goals. And, uh, you know, I'm doing my best to do my job, you know. It's not just, you know, reckless, blind, send it, hope for the best kind of thing. It's like I've got a job to do, and, and my job is bring it back uh, first lap as fast as I can in one piece. And, and God will, and that's exactly what will happen tomorrow. So a couple more questions. Sure, what are you sure. doing? How's the shop coming? Oh, so, <laughs> was, so co- was COVID as good to you as it was to everyone else in motorsports? So I, 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 COVID didn't happen as far as I'm concerned. So I mean, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be straight up. This is your, you are the first person that's ever asked me about this in any kind of professional capacity. Because you know, so my, so my day job is I work at banks, I'll and take, we I'll broke take, we broke you. all of our sales I'll records I'll, last year. One hundred percent, and everybody in the industry is doing the same thing. And the, I think the obvious question is where did the money come from, right? It's like where you know, it's like everybody quit going to work, and all of a sudden everybody had a bunch of money to spend. So it's like a lot of theories about that. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's uh, it's not how the economy should work. It's not how it does work. There will be there will be repercussions for all this, right? And so, but for me, it's like I wasn't going to deal with the public. I wasn't going to deal with their thoughts, concerns, fears. I wasn't going to deal with the county, the city. I wasn't going to deal with the state. I wasn't going to deal with anyone. So we locked the doors and went racing and so we did a season of uh, fd with dean carney and um you know and we we had an educational uh season you were drifting no no no, no. Just, just maintaining the car going to the events the races it's like keeping the car you know together and uh you know building control arms and gluing the motor back together kind of thing okay. and so so we did that and you know learned uh got to be deeply embedded in something that i hadn't been embedded in before and a uh, great group of guys love the team and uh we took a step back in 2020 and still helped from a friend standpoint if you need something or whatever but we did we weren't in a driver's seat kind of position or like a, a take control kind of position okay this is the funny thing about it so Anyway, so I sold my house here and oh, here in Dallas, and uh, my my buildings for sale. So I adore my building. I built my dream shop, and I absolutely love it. I love the vibe. I love everything that's happening in it. And uh, I turned down some some pretty serious race car work for How some. How's it different than the place that I saw you in? The big, you had a 20,000 square foot. Uh, so, so my shop that I, that I built up here recently that I bought and owned the building, uh, it's uh, it's 10,000 feet. And, like, it's uh, the working area is 4,200 feet, offices and storage and all this other stuff. Anyway, beautiful shop. Anyway, it's for sale. Been showing it. And so I bought I bought six acres in Colorado. I wanted to be closer to doing off-road stuff. I wanted to be closer to the west. I wanted to be in the mountains. Um, not to mention I've got a lot of good, fast friends up there. Built a lot of inroads. And uh, uh, be able to go race more rallies, stuff for the Colorado Hill Climb Association. Because, like, going from Texas to Seattle to race ARA, a little heavy. And so... So being able to do more hill climb, gravel hill climb stuff appealed to me. And uh, Pikes Peak in the future? Oh. Uh, can, I, can I give you an announcement that you need to sit on? Yes. Okay. So... so, I'll, so What is the embargo date? Do you have a date at which we can... Uh, PRI. After PRI. Okay. And so I don't know what your plans are for this stuff. And so you sit on until after PRI. So Scott Burtzall... So Holman... Um, Oh, I was worried about this, but we're this is no, being this aired. Is perfect. It, well, PRI is, is right now. Today is right, is right now. Literally yeah. happening as we so record this. So when this is airing and you guys are hearing this, yeah, 
the announcement has just broken about what he's about to that, say. That also reminds me to ask you something or tell you something off the air that I will deal later with. We can't share with him? No, no, no. It's, it's a side thing. Just what he said reminded me of something. Okay. Yep. Hey, you sit on until after PRI. So Scott Burtzall, uh, I'm driving Old Smoky F1. On, so it's the current diesel record holder on the mountain. So I'm driving Old Smoky. He's building an LMP car that's going to have a diesel. So he's trying. So the goal. So Scott has a uh, Le Mans prototype that he has been uh, fixing up to go race Pikes Peak. because A diesel Le Mans prototype. It's, it's cool. He's put a lot of work into it. Anyway, so Scott, want, uh, I, we were talking about it, and I was wondering if Old Smokey was going to be retired, but if you follow Treckle's Garage on Instagram, he's still working on stuff. So I was wondering, so that's pretty cool that Aaron's going to be doing that for Scott. we got to have Scott on anyway. I've been trying to get him back on the show, and he's, he's down, so we should, uh, we should get him back. So the goal is, so Old Smokey now makes more power and has an S550 rear end, so it may, it has more aero, so it makes more grip, makes more power, has better rear suspension on it. And so the possibility, because I've, I've been faster on the mountain than the diesel record, so the possibility of beating the uh, Scott's diesel record exists. I could do that, but then Scott is going to push the diesel record up uh, an enormous amount in the LMP car. So that's that's kind of, that's the deal. We're announcing the we're announcing the partnership at PRI next week, so so do me a favor and, uh, and sit on that one. So... Okay, so this is going to be interesting. So I'm going to see you at Pikes Peak. I'll be there. Yeah. And I'm going to have a diesel truck going against you. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, like, the diesel class is going to be big this year. Okay, good. And it's like, I don't, I don't, know, that, I don't know that Old Smokey will be, you know, one of the, the front contenders. Obviously, it's the current diesel record holder. Yeah. And, and I, think that I'm, I think that I might be able to edge up Scott's, uh, the equipment's hey, better. And listen, by the way, he, he uh, we got to pay him some homage because Scott called a lot of attention to that to that class oh, where he, no he, he he made the class before that it was i mean like i don't I mean, it's not just a, a random assortment it's of not, it's not a knock on anybody but it, like it wasn't a class before you know what i mean like no one no one really took it serious i mean it's like it's like you've got mike ryan right but like is that i mean that is a wild departure from everything else on the mountain yeah giant know, freightliner or running you know every year it had a different boost set up on it whether it was you know, triple turbo, or whether it was super turbo, or just everything in it was always always so weird. Then it was solid axle. Then it was IFS. I mean, it's like, and it's a fourteen liter Detroit. You know, and so like nothing on the mountain is like that, and no one on the mountain is you know is like Mike Ryan. And so it's like Mike Ryan is he owns the diesel mountain business, right? But as far as like setting records and going fast up there, it's like obviously needed to build a lighter, smaller car to do it. And uh, Scott really, and you know, I'll be honest, it's like one of the things that impressed me so much about Scott is like outside of just being like I enjoy the quality of the human that he is, and I enjoy being around him. Yeah. But but on top of that, like that's like a wonderful wheel man. And then the the truck is is genuinely interesting and cool, you know, and fun to look at. But on top of that, but it's like it did. I mean, it, it set the record on it. It's a record holder. It's like obviously. I mean, like the neat thing is, and the story is. I mean, Kim going oh, off at Engineer's Corner, oh, sure. you know, this, almost destroying it, and then coming back. That's well, that so that is specifically long lead up, but that's specifically where I'm at. Is that like he he worked on it and chipped away at it and got the, you know and got it to that point, which you know it's like. No matter how you measure success, it's like I, I think it's like yes, he got the accolade, yes, he got the record, but it's like the amount of effort it took, you know, to get there, to put in, to do that stuff. I don't think a lot of people would have the fortitude to keep coming back and keep making that effort. And he was, he was committed to it, and and so I'm happy to I'm happy to be piling it uh, on the, on the mountain this year, and uh, I'm happy to be teammates with him, and I, I'm happy to see the diesel contingency up there. And you know, the funny thing is, is like, oh. The diesels on the mountain, like everyone who thinks they got it figured out, is still going to have some learning to do. The yeah. mountain's an interesting place. Yeah, every everyone who thinks they got the mountain figured out, boy, you got more education coming. 
with. Uh, How many times have you been up, just as a spectator, or just, just, so just taking I've, your own? I've like raced, I've raced. This will be my this will be my seventh year uh, competing on the mountain. Uh, I, I I say that kind of. Uh, there's one caveat, right? Uh, in the first year that I ran Sierra Cars, I had an Alpha, and uh, we there was a lot. We got the entire team got dis- dis- disbarred or disqualified. Disqualified. There was. My opinion, a lot of politics involved. There's some uh, some BS. I mean, granted, there was the cars didn't have reverse. Let's be honest, right? They didn't have reverse on it, and that really upset them. And so they disqualified us all. Then they let us run at the end. The weather was really bad. Carlin Dunn had already died that day. We only had two sets of rain tires. We had two rookies, and uh, not rookie drivers, rookies on the mountain. And so they needed to get a clean run in to not be rookies anymore. And so we gave the two rain tires to it. Cole, being the man that he is, he didn't say, hey, let's pack the cars up. He said, it's your ride. It's like I gave you the ride. You tell. It's like if you want to hit the. It's like do whatever you want to do. And I said I, I didn't come here to prove anything. I've been to half the. And they shortened the course to half track because of the weather. And I said I didn't come here to drive half track. I've been to half track before. And it's like and I don't have anything to prove. So we put our cars on the trailer. So I, on on race day, I sat there in the rain the entire day, and we didn't make a pull on the mountain because I shortened the race. Uh, and it wasn't it wasn't worth the risk of the equipment. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that was the adult decision to make. And and to be honest, I think that I. You know, I'm I'm not the world's fastest driver, and so I really think that's how uh, I've been. I was afforded other opportunities with Cole is uh, just to show the you know the respect for the equipment. Yeah, my guess though is you're really articulate at um, at or you're good at articulating issues with the vehicle or so aerodynamic maybe, changes. Yeah, well, or, maybe like when it comes to like you know as driver uh, feedback. Yeah, I'll say on the development side of it, it's like I think that uh, just you you're one of the, the mechanic side. I was gonna say you you're one of the few guys that actually. Could build a car, yeah, and you know? so, and so and I've I've often thought that was the uniqueness that I, that I brought to certain things was that being able to do, make the changes that I would I suggest or I feel like and, you know and it's like it's always a learning curve for me it's like as I become a better driver I realize I need some more things out of the car and so as much as I might bring to it from uh, from a builder perspective I learn a lot for every time I get in the car and get out of the car I've learned something new about how me and the car coexist right what I want out of the car what ultimately makes it work better and. And so it's like I, I do think that really what it boils down to is the articulation of what I'm feeling in the car and where I perceive that coming from. But, like, past that, though, it's, uh, you know, I think I've had a, a lot of opportunities uh, based on the fact just the, the reverence for other people's equipment and uh, the ability to bring it across the line. I love hearing this news. Yeah, it's, got, it's, it's very exciting. I'll, t- I'll tell you, I've been to a, not all the racetracks. I've been to a few racetracks. And uh, Pikes Peak is my favorite one, Barna. It's the, it's the best racetrack. There is no other racetrack like it. So. And you were at Mother Nature's whim, very much. And we've and, and on and on years that I've been on the mountain, like I said, this will be my seventh year competing on the mountain. And uh, we've had two years that were basically throwaway years because of the weather. And there's nothing you can do about that. Um, I have my opinions about it, but it's like ultimately we would have more people would have been injured, more you know potentially lost more life on it. And so it's like I don't I don't blame the decisions to shorten the race or reduce the the you know the, the track. But it's like. Man, the effort we put in to get up there, and you really just want to drive to the top, even even if it's driving in snow and ice at the top. But ultimately, those are probably bad decisions. Yeah. So okay, flip the script. Yeah. What are you working on at the shop that we should know about? Any cool trucks? I'm, I'm, uh, well, yes and no. I mean, ultimately, like like I said, it's like I'm I'm uprooting my entire life in Texas and moving to Colorado, yeah. and so all that. So are, are you, have you put everything to bed in Texas? So all those projects. All, all the so I, I walked away from one of the one of the race car projects that's going to be on the mountain. And it's like I walked away from it because. 
because like I knew that all this was going to happen. And so for myself, it's like my big truck, Charlie Brown. Like I'm finally going to get it. Like uh, it's put to, it's possible that it may have it on the road and pulling trailers on the move. But my '61, my unibody, it's like I've been putting in some uh, some work on it and pretty close to getting the body back on it. Cool. Uh, and then um, uh, worked on a, a Ferrari F- uh, F12 last yeah, year. D- got, DDE. Yep. Got, got got that thing done. And was that a nightmare? It, by the way, it looked beautiful the way those twin turbos are coming through. But it looked – I had a feeling. Something told me that was a pain in your ass. Complicated on a, on a, on a lot of levels. Uh, they're just they're, they're, That's what the statesman, by the way, says. Complicated. He didn't say pain in the ass like lightning. He says yeah, complicated. Complicated. <laughs> and so the, the thing was is there's, there's no space to work with. There's just there's zero space. And then and, you know, and Damon had really specific requests. And so I was happy to have been able to meet them. The, uh, when it got when it we came to tuning, which something I just wasn't aware of, it's like – we really the size of we was always concerned. I really about the turbo sizing on it, but it's a lot of motor that moves a lot of air. So let's talk. This is a Ferrari uh, F12, F12, which is the bottom half of the motor is an Enzo, and then with an updated top end on it, makes 700 and change an uh, NA and spins to a very high RPM. It's a it's an impressive car, DCT car. It's a viciously fast, vicious car for a, for a front engine car, which I think is an adult's Ferrari. And uh, and and he had specific concerns about he. I'm not concerns. He wanted the fire coming out of the hood and so uh you know when turbo placement wanted to be able to see him and stuff and so worked through it and i tried to match what he wanted with what was tight and clean and would work and i was really happy with the result but when we came down to tuning we just needed more wastegate on it and so had the guys in california add another pair of wastegates and they got they got the tuning to work on it got it clean and then promptly smoked the clutch on it and so and uh, i haven't bought a dct clutch for a, a ferrari f12 but i can assure you it's expensive it's not cheap right I really appreciate you hanging out with me. Yeah, great catching up with the Truck Show podcast. We'll we'll see you on the mountain, right? All right, yes, absolutely. See you up there. Be well. Yeah, see you. Sorry. He's the man. He's a good dude. He's uh, he's the dude. I've done a couple of SEMA things with him, um, but, man, I haven't uh, talked to him in a while. I should send him a text to him. Congrats, because that's pretty awesome. I I texted Scott, and I'm going to get him back on the show. Have you seen that that. uh, the Ferrari that he worked on from a Daily Driven Exotics? Yeah. Yeah, With the two turbos that come right through the hood. If you guys haven't seen it, just go to uh, Daily Driven Exotics. I know I I was lightning talking about exotics again, but we're all car geeks. You like it. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Shoot flames through the through the hood, like he was talking about. Anyway, I hope you guys dug that. It was a great time out there in uh, Vegas with my friends at uh, Tequache Motorsports. And Bryant, you're the man. Really, really, I'm, I was honored to be part of that uh, experience, and uh, I, I can't thank you enough. So um, check that off the bucket and, and, list. And Brandon, thanks for uh, taking care of the, the odd Ford and. Guys, again, 657-205-6105, win a car cover, and truck show podcast at gmail.com. And it is, man, it's time to uh, make like a tree and- Oh, well, get out of here? Leave lightning. Oh, yeah. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. Those are losers, baby. You don't want nothing to do with those.